Hey guys, I'm super psyched to announce I got my first sponsor, Santa Cruz Skateboards. It's such a freaking dream. I can't believe I finally got sponsored by a skateboard company, even though it's not for my skating, <laughs> it's for my speaking. But I've been a skater since 1982 and I was 12 years old. I'm so honored. This company was based on punk rock and art. I actually found them in 1983. The Jim Phillips Screaming Hand and the Jeff Kendall Board, which I actually posted a picture of me skating the original model on my Instagram recently. And I actually think there's a reissue of it right now. So many amazing designs from the 80s. This company stepped up. They gave me my 20% off code. My code is NHSTOBY. Go to NHSFunFactory.com. USA citizens only. One per customer. Santa Cruz products only. And you can't combine this offer with others. It expires on March 10th at 12 midnight. Santa Cruz Skateboards, thank you so much. This is such a dream for me to come true. I finally got sponsored by you, by a company I looked up to and admired since a child. I really appreciate your support, and uh, I look forward to working with you moving forward. Thank you, everybody, for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, somebody's known me since I was, shit, 13 years old. He's been in my band from day one. He was a father figure. He's one of my closest friends. Um, we've been through a lot of shit together. And ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, no further delay, Mr. Russell Allen Pistachio. Hey, how you doing? How's Here everybody? we go. Now we're recording. Now everything's, now everything's good. Back to normal now. Ladies and gentlemen. So like, like I said on the last episode of my brothers and with my mom, is that 1983, my mom got a job at Lexwood's Apartments in St. Mary's County. We left Newport, Rhode Island. Me and my brother Todd, my mom. Tracy was 18. He refused to go to Maryland. He stayed in Newport, Rhode Island. We moved there to a small apartment complex in the South. One of the first people we ever met was Rusty Pistachio, who looked way older than he does now. He had like a long kind of mullet. <laughs> he, had, he had a beard. Had a real job. Had a real job. And he was riding his Hobie skateboard, which he had purchased the day before. He just told me this. Todd Moore said, hey, man, can I check out your board? And then Todd did some sort of freaking crazy trick. Off the and curb. Up the curb and broke Rusty's board. Rusty, oh, man, you broke my board. And that's how we connected. And that's like where the friendship <laughs> began. Um, Broken boards. I don't think Rusty had ever met any skateboarders or punk rockers ever in his entire life. No. Um, my mom was the, my mom was the manager there. Was she your boss? Um, no, actually, she was a. I think she was a trainee, or she was a, a, about to do some some managerial training for the, to run the complex. Okay. And um, I think I forget how it went. I think she was invited down to do like a trial run, and she ended up staying there, right? Yeah, she ended up staying there for yeah. We stayed there four years actually, all through high school. Um, so after we met Rusty, we turned him onto our music into skateboarding, get him a real board. Um, he ended up. <laughs> you, he remember, you remember before I before I got a real board, and before I could, I think even before I could afford a real board, end up taking a sheet of plywood, and uh, you guys showed me pictures from Thrasher Mag. Yeah, these these big wide skateboards, you could do tricks and swimming pools and all you this kind of cool shit. I made one, cut it out of cut it out Holy of plywood. Shit. I think I attached those Hobie, the Hobie Did you um, have a tail on it? Was, could you make a tail on the back? I couldn't make a scoop tail, but I ended up cutting another piece of wood and layering it. So I had like Holy a shit. weird stop tail. And I took um, like uh, 80 grit sandpaper and glued it onto it. So it was like grip tape. I might remember that actually. That's <laughs> it, super DIY board. It was so DIY. It was like um, every time if you grab, pick up the board wrong, you would sand your fingertips off. So was Hobie <laughs> a brand or that was the name of the board? I think yeah. Hobie was the brand. Yeah, that's like old... Um, uh, I want to say like that was the precursor to like um, uh, Hurley Sims or, or Santa Cruz or whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. So um, okay, so then Rusty ended up 
getting fired, not for that reason. He's going to tell you why. But that was the icing on the cake for Rusty. But he stole the wood from the woodshed and made a, ma- made a, maintenance, pipe. Made a quarter pipe, which is freaking awesome. And I'll show you guys pictures. I'll post that. With a big anti-bicycle on it said, no BMXing. Uh, they were the enemies back then. Oh, yeah. Shout out to all of our BMX friends now. But back then, it was like the enemy. And then that wasn't the main reason we got fired. That was just probably one of the many things you did. Yeah. Fucked up. But the, the funny thing is, when, um, when I built that, before I built that quarter pipe, I think we built a, a smaller one that was sat in front of your apartment. And um, you guys were teaching me how to ride a quarter pipe. And this oh, one was shit. like a, it was like a little launch ramp almost. Okay, yeah, with we jump a, ramps, yeah. With a small transition, no real vert or anything. Yeah. And um, I remember busting my ass so many times just trying to learn how to do a kick turn. And, and this is at 19, like trying to figure out the, <laughs> <laughs> the, so the you physics. Did, so, so you didn't lose a job because you stole the, stole the wood, correct? Uh, no, but I, I'm sure that... They weren't psyched that I took the, the wood from the... And then was skating the ramp right in front of them, right in the same apartment complex. Yeah, that, that too. And, and uh, oddly enough, when we built that quarter pipe, we, um, there was a, a news reporter who drove past the complex because there was a fire in the next complex over. And um, we asked him, what are you doing? You know, I heard there was a fire over here. I'm here to take pictures, and it's you know, for a newspaper article and blah, blah, blah. And I think it was me and your brother, and I said, oh, you want to you get some pictures of something really cool? Come check us out. We're going to skate this quarter pipe. I have it framed in my office in 1984. Uh, the Enterprise. Yeah. The Hardcore thrashing at Lexwoods. I talked about it with my mom. Like, we got in the cover of the newspaper, and it was a whole write-up about skateboarding culture in, well, in Lexington Park. That was straight up by accident. The guy just drove by, and we saw him wave to him, like, hey, what are you doing? Come Holy check us crap. Out. And so we were something special back then. That was some like oh, yeah. never seen so, before type shit. Even the language in that article, the guy had to ask us, what does hardcore thrashing mean? I saw what that. does this mean? What does that mean? Yeah. And he even the way he described Todd, he's like <laughs> with with a curly top and his and blonde his, good looks. His blonde good looks with a with um his hair cut to a V in the back with a tail. <laughs> I want to post. I also I have a quote in there that says, I don't care if I get any girls in the St. Mary's County because they all have connected eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And then, so then we also had a quarter pipe in your apartment. Oh yeah, we had a full a full on mini ramp, like a half pipe, a little half. Was pipe that after you got, as after you lost your job there? That I, I think that was definitely one of the re- or the probably the straw that broke camel's back. The um, that was probably the reason I got fired, but almost the reason we almost got kicked out of there as well. Okay, so. but before getting kicked out, my mom kicked my brother out when he was eighteen. I had already been kicked out at seventeen. Um, so she kicked him out. And he moved across the parking lot to live with Rusty. Yeah. And he told me the other day that it was sad. He was always look up at the apartment where, where his mom was. And he couldn't live there. But he was still living across the street. So little, your mom and you, you, you and your mom were across the street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I want to go home and have some breakfast. And so he lived but. with you. And then you had like this crazy rent. It was like, what, 60 bucks a month? $67 yeah, six, a month? 62 bucks a month. Government subsidized. Yeah, so break down the apartment complex. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the 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 complex we lived in was uh, Lex Woods Apartments. It was like one of the first government subsidized uh, apartment complex in that area. And it was like a, a shit ton of um, like mixed marriage, um, single moms, um, and definitely all, all low income. And it was, uh, it was definitely like the, the apartment complex for the misfits. Yeah. Like the, the mutants at Table 9 from Wedding Singer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's crazy that we ended up being there. My mom was running that. You were living there. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I... I, um, I mean, were you, were you a misfit in that town? Or were you like a black sheep? Or were you just like just a regular dude? I definitely didn't I definitely didn't really fit in. I was kind of uh, my own person where uh, I didn't really hang out with a lot of people. So and I so didn't. you weren't born there? 
wasn't born there, um, and actually lived in Lexington Park when I was younger, and about maybe three or four miles from where we met. Okay. And lived there for a few years, and um, I remember, um, I'm trying to think, yeah, that, w- that definitely would have been like when I was around eight, and prior to that, would have we were in uh, Kent Village in um, D.C., and right inside the in so Maryland. Was, it was Ohio first? Um, yeah, born born in Ohio, and then moved to Pittsburgh, and then to D.C., and D.C. to Southern Maryland. What kind of job got you got you to move? Like your dad got a job there or something? Um, dad was a Navy in the Navy, okay. so definitely yeah, traveled a bunch, a lot. like Florida, Ohio, Pittsburgh. Ended up in Maryland. He's still in Maryland now. So when so after that, if you could picture this, because I, I have a picture of this also. So not soon after that, Rusty bought a Fiat. I don't know if you guys remember those Fiat cars. <laughs> little four-door. Four-door Fiat. Shit box. Well, you had a car before. Was it your first car, the Fiat, or no? Uh, no. I actually had a, had a, out of high school, I think my first car was in high school. It was a Chevy Vega, a 71 Chevy Vega. Okay. It looked like the, the, the poor man's version of a Camaro. And how did you do in high school? Um, I Grades wise, I didn't do very good in high school. I did really good in art. Always got straight A's. I did really good in gym, um, but I think I failed math and and um, English. Did you go to Great Mills before that? No, you didn't go the same as us. No, I didn't go. I was um, Leonardtown. Leonardtown. Okay. Yeah, and that was what maybe ten miles away. Okay. Yeah. So so we had this Rusty had this fee and he cut the roof off of it, and then he put like we painted like Skate Death and Anarchy and all our favorite <laughs> bands that we drove around town like fucking straight up that movie Suburbia from the from the eighties that punk rock movie that was us in this small town like Rusty cut his hair into a, a mohawk, fucking we was we cruised around we jumped out of the ramps we skated everywhere we could with the town the town square, people, rednecks would come by and call us names and um, we'd be the weirdos just skating and then our, our crew kind of started building like in high school. At first, we were the freaks in the school. Then we started became the cool kids, kind of, and other kids started like joining us or like and becoming skaters with us. And I think it was called the Lexington Park fu- Lexington Le- Lexington Park Fungus Skates Gags LPFSS. Oh yeah, yeah. And we used to like, be a skate LP, crew. We skate all around. LP, LP City, City. Skate Gags. Skate Gags, and we were like rusty at a mini ramp. Skate rats, or and we bring it all around the town. We skate everywhere, and that became our thing. Like, and the rednecks hated us. Oh yeah, and yeah. there definitely was a, a huge divide. And there, and there was a, there was a couple. Um, couple events and urban legends and myths that happened living in one one thing that happened too is i remember my mom talked about is that you broke both your arms oh yeah that's was that getting pulled in the back of a motorcycle yeah yeah my mom's like it wasn't a motorcycle i knew it was a motorcycle yeah on some gravelly ass road it was funny the guy you 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 may you might remember this guy we um we called him magnum pi because he looked like uh tom Selleck. he was a navy dude had a mustache and he drove i think he had a fiat like a uh two-door convertible Fiat. Okay. And um, we're like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. Um, and I think he sold the Fiat and got a Harley-Davidson. And, oh, shit. And uh, turned into like, yeah, I'm the I'm the badass biker guy. And the first day he got it, he drove by and at the ramp. We were skating the quarter pipe. And, and I was like, oh, that's an awesome bike. Give me a tow because he lived in the, the next complex over. Give me a tow on oh, that. That's right. There's two complexes, I remember. So, um, yeah, I got we we were going. I'm like faster, go faster. And I'm hanging on the back. I think we got up to about 40, 45 miles an hour, and I hit a rock and flying went flying. And the first thing I thought was I'm gonna break my fall with my hands. Put my hands out. I uh, broke my wrist and broke my hand. And I remember because my mom <laughs> was like, my, my mom head. was taking care of you, man. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it that. was. 
this is back when um no um no health insurance, no health care. Yeah. I went to the local doctor who probably worked on horses and cows as as well. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he didn't even set he didn't even set the bone, he just wrapped it up in plaster and said, Ah, oh, just Damn. Yeah, let, we'll see what happens. So basically now my f- one finger is about a quarter inch shorter than it should how be. How long were you? How long were you not? You were out for like eight weeks, probably. Yeah, it's about eight weeks that in a cast in two casts, both arms from Holy the shit. elbow down. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that was fucking crazy, man. Did, did you get an ambulance too? That right then, right? Uh, ambulance? No, no. I ended up. I slid, rolled in the dirt, and then I stood up and I went to grab my skateboard and I couldn't pick it up and I was like, no shit. And I know the the doctor wasn't too far away. Um, maybe a mile away from where we lived. <laughs> I mean, that, uh, that was a crazy. I never forget that. Two casts and stuff. Um, after after the quarter pipes, you graduated to ramp. So we had like Trevor. We had Trevor Rycraft's ramp. Yeah, that was first Rob one. Rob Selsa's ramp. Yeah, we built um, both of those. Those were amazing. The first actual half pipes in in, in, in Southern Saint Maryland. Mary's, yeah, those were so fun, man. Tre- Trevor was the 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 kid who had a mom and dad and like. Yeah, most of the people we knew didn't. And, yeah, uh, it was like it was. He had a, mom a real and dad, family, real family that made money, and they had a huge backyard, and they loved their kids. So like, let's build them a ramp, and they're like, you know how to build a ramp. It was my first try, and it came out pretty good, right? That's great. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like eight foot, eight foot. Um, was it eight foot it transition? It seems so much bigger now. Looking at if I look at stuff pictures now or ramps we skated after that, because uh, we had those ramps and we had. Um, Travers, we had Rob Sell, so we had a couple mini ramps. Yeah, Rob's was that little mini ramp in the woods. Yeah, that, that was cool. That was uh, that was nice. And then we started going like to Crofton Skate Park in Maryland. Yep, Crofton. Um, Cedar Crest. Cedar Crest was huge. Allstate and Waldorf. And that was the first steel, the first metal-coated ramp. Yeah, that was Virginia, right? Yeah. That was, that was scary. So yeah. much vert on that, man. Yeah, that was, you dropped in on that, and it f- felt like you could count to to 50 by the time you hit the other lip. <laughs> it was like a roller coaster for real, actually, yeah. the same feeling. But um, Crofton Skate Park was pretty awesome. Uh, maybe Lansdowne's Ditch, we may, might have went to that. I remember, but I remember All Skate was our jam, too. We did contests there and stuff. Yeah, and it was, a, it was a, um, Dave Bean, is that? Maybe. Dave Bean had a ramp. Oh, he did? In Maryland? Yeah. You remember there was a, a guy would bring a radio. That old, the old guy would bring a radio and set it up. And yeah. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. With um. We say, where'd you get that? And he said, I, I bought it. I bought it. I bought it at Sears. Sears. Oh my God! I remember that shit. <laughs> I bought it. I bought it. I Toby bought it at Sears. <laughs> Toby there. Yeah. Oh shit! That was crazy. He came on the ramps a lot. Yeah. Um, and then you remember like the teen scene? I taught break dancing there. Yeah. The teen scene was awesome. Yeah, which it was funny because they had Mike's bikes. Mike's bikes was the first shop in Maryland. We convinced them to carry skateboards. Because oh, shit, I even know that. in order to get a skate deck, and back then we had to drive all the way to Georgetown. Or in, order in through Thrasher, maybe, yeah. right? Order or through, order. Yeah, order. mail order. And um, so I think we, um, there was this kid, Randy, that was working there. And he was the first one to convince Mike, the guy who ran the bike shop, get skateboards in here. This shit's hot. Wow, are you serious? We helped do that? Yeah. And then, it, um, <laughs> then with the, the teen scene, I think uh, Roadside Pets, the, the band that... Todd started. The, yeah, we did a did a show there. Yeah, let's go to Roadside Pets. Okay, so there was another. So before Alcar, there was Roadside Pets, and that was you and Todd Morris, who were two singers in that band. Yeah. yeah, and that was like the first punk band in that town, basically. Oh, yeah. Definitely. What year was that? Uh, would have been like 84, 85. 85 so that was the first band for both you and Todd, like both musical things you did. At least in Maryland, yeah. It's crazy because uh, we had a. 
a girl bass player because yep. Black Black Flag had Kira. We're like, oh, let's get a girl bass player. Yep. And um, it was basically people from high school that Todd knew that played Johnny Bryan on guitar. Yeah. And Wayne, Wayne Williams on the drums. That's crazy, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that was like the first punk band, Roadside Pets. You guys can look them up, Google them. It was pretty awesome. They had some great songs. They had some great shows, too, in Maryland. They be- and you got, it kind of became like the shit, like in Maryland there and yeah. stuff. You guys started playing shows outside, like going to D.C. and stuff yeah. like that, too? Baltimore, Annapolis, D.C. Yeah. So we played uh, with Reptile House in Baltimore. Yeah. Back when London May was on the At drums. At the Loft, maybe? Or no, the Loft was the spot. It was Jules' yeah. spot. I don't th- it, Marble I think Bar. There was a bunch of spots in there. Yeah. That's definitely... You could... We can go on for hours about all the different DIY venues in Baltimore and yeah, I mean we and so, so, okay, this, then the skateboard, let's, let's, okay, I'm, I'm going to get to the shows, but let's go to, we had the teen scene, that was a break dance thing, that was awesome. Then there was also skate station. Uh, the teen, teen scene, you remember there was, um, there was a girl, there was a, a woman who, um, who had that, that dance, like a dance studio, I think it was across the street from teen scene. Okay. And um, I remember she wanted you and your brother because you guys were really into break dancing. She wanted you to teach a, teach a class, and she was trying to teach people how to do um, any kind of breakdance moves or the. I don't know Todd Morse breakdance. Yeah, uh, Todd would do like backspins and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Like top, I was popping, top, maybe doing other shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess I gave some lessons there. I guess. Uh, but it's um, there was one time we went to Baltimore because the New York Breakers were coming down, and she's like, "Yeah, we're gonna meet up with the New York Breakers in, at this Baltimore," and it was almost like a high school auditorium thing. Or, okay. Because I remember it was a uh, like a, a an old wooden stage, and then um, I think um, you played um, Freakazoid. Uh, <laughs> I'll be your Freakazoid. Come on and wind me up. And I danced to that. Yeah, and, and you were the only one out of that crew that did a head spin that day. Damn. And we we're like, sick. oh, Toby did a head spin. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I me- I remember breakdancing at my prom too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so let's get to the high school part. So going to Maryland, going to school was very segregated. It's the first time I heard people throwing the N-word around, a lot of rednecks. And especially for us, I mean, for us, being shocking back then was having, like, maybe checkered vans on or orange Converse, and that was even oh, yeah. nothing compared to what is now. Or but we stood out, bleached hair or bleached shaved hair. head. Yeah. So at the school, we became targets, kind of. Um, not maybe. I mean, not someone, maybe Todd, too, but Todd was, like, super pretty and stuff. The girls loved he Todd. Was, he's more, uh, like, surfer. Surfer guy, surfer yeah, style. yeah. Yeah, so we came to kind of like, kind of bugged everybody out, moving to Maryland, going to high school. And I know there was woods in between, so we could walk home if you wanted to go to the bathroom, take yeah. shit in the woods or whatever we had to do. Um, <laughs> and then there, there was a one thing, that th- there's a story that I talked to Todd about too, and he talked about it yesterday, was that there was this notorious thing where you could tell a story, something, there was a fight in the parking lot at Skate Station. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what was that about? Was that something that just happened, that we knew something was going to happen? Is that just... I, the, at least the way I remember it, we were... Me and me and your brother are like, hey, where's where's Toby? And your mom was like, oh, Toby, Toby went over to the skate to the skate station, <laughs> and um, and we heard that there was gonna be like this this gang fight. You know, it's gonna be like the rednecks, redneck whites versus the blacks, and um, it was uh, so we're like, ah, shit, Toby's over there. We need to go make sure that he doesn't get uh, hurt or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, fuck it, jump in the Fiat and the, the skate death mobile. Actually, the punks. <laughs> you, you picture like the road warrior, man. Like when he's coming down the street with the Mohawk and the fucking fucked up vehicle. Of, did a piece of shit. It's so Fiat, road warrior, like man. Four door Fiat that I chopped the roof. Eventually, I chopped the roof That's off right. of so we could have like a, our. Um, it's like our road warrior slash suburbia. 
and we and we spray painted it with uh what like skate death on one yeah, side of anarchy, it and, all that yeah, shit, man. And like all the favorite bands, like JFA or Faction or yeah, something. I don't know. All the skate skate rock bands. So but, you um, roll up to the skate station. Well, yeah, so we roll up to the skate station, and, and basically it's like I guess the rednecks didn't show up because they knew they were going to get their ass beat. Yeah. And so all the punk rocks, punk rock kids, and and the and the kids from Great Mills High School were kind of hanging. And then there was one one faction to the left, one faction to the right. And I remember um, your brother, we're like, where's Toby? And your brother starts walking up to this group and gets caught in the middle. And they were already ready to fight anyway. So yeah, like, they were ready to roll. And they're like, they're, they're just the looking, for, these guys? They're looking for a target. Um, yeah. they didn't, I guess they didn't realize that, that we were the more way more open-minded. Than they were the good guys. Your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Than your average asshole down there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I remember... Todd standing there and um, the, I guess it for me it's tough because I remember a lot of it but yeah. I don't because um, your brother was stepped to like one of the biggest guys but not in a physical way maybe no it's, just stood was standing in front of him having a conversation we're all brothers or something and yeah. um, he's yeah he said something like you know what, what are you guys fighting for anyways we're all brothers and the guy's like you ain't my fucking brother and smash like punched punch him in the right face. in the face right and he basically just it was f- not even flinch. His, his, head, his, head, right? his head turned to the left, and he looked back at the guy like, "Okay, is that all you got?" And then I, w- I was pissed, and I'm like, "Oh, you, m- you don't fucking hit my friend!" And I stepped towards the guy, basically <laughs> face first. <laughs> he punched me, and <laughs> oh, knocked, knocked me the fuck out. Was well, like, can we all get along? I was freaking out because then I have two, two of you guys, like my big brother's laying on the ground. Yeah, yo, that shit was scary. I do remember that. Uh, and I remember someone cops come or anything. Or no? I think it, it. Everyone freaked out because I got knocked the fuck out, and I'm laying on the ground twitching. <laughs> got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> I'm laying on the ground twitching. They thought I was dead or something, and then it broke the whole thing up. Everyone split. Like that whole crew ran one way, and then all the the Damn. punk rockers went the other. But um, I remember waking up while driving my car, and um, that's was crazy. Like, I was like, insane. how do, how did I get from here? And what are we what are we doing driving down the road? I don't remember how I got from. Getting punched in the face. Wonder how they did happen. Actually, that's crazy. But I remember some. One of you guys were saying, "Yeah, you, you're like, you, you stood up and you're like, fuck you guys, I'll beat all your asses or something like pointed at and was yelling at everyone and I started doing hand plants in the parking lot and that was after you got knocked out. After I got knocked out, and so (laughs) technically I was, I was still knocked out. I was like uh, walking unconscious to the car. Holy shit! And I actually jumped in. Started it and we drove away and then I woke up driving on the road. Like, is that when you guys got carpeted nice? After that, you, you and Todd got some carpeted nice pulled out on you so oh, at the yeah. gas station by by, by Great Mills High School. Was that having to do with that, or was yeah. that having to do with the the Joe Kelly famous story? No, that was a separate a separate incident. Okay, let's up. go. Let's go to Joe Kelly. The Joe Kelly. Oh, so so Joe <laughs> Kelly went to went to Great Mills High School. This is like a notorious fucking story, like urban legend, true story. Because we were there. Rusty's Rusty's <laughs> girlfriend at the time. She was like, a baton twirler. No, she she played um she Drums? played the tuba in the, the, the tuba. They played tuba. She was our bass player. The so bass she player went, she, in Roadside Pets. Oh yeah, as well. so she went to Great Most High School, and I was going there too. But you were already graduated. Yeah, I was graduated. We it was a football game, mm-hmm. and there were a handful of um there were a handful of um because we we hung out at the college as well, and there were like first semester lacrosse players that we knew from DC who were into hardcore punk. Okay. So we were all like, hey, we'll meet up at the football game, and then we'll we'll go you know. Back down to the college or whatever, and 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 party with the rest of the people, but um yeah we got to the we got to the football game and we're all sitting in the bleachers and I saw this kid he's like to me I was like he was way taller than me so he's probably yeah. like six four six five big kid and he um 
he was harassing everybody. And it's it sucks when you see someone picking on everybody and you think, man, someone needs to teach this asshole a lesson. Yeah. But you know, nine times out of ten, you, you say that in your head and nothing really happens. But um, I was watching this guy harass people the whole night. And then um, right before the, the high school band was going to go down on the field, I saw he started harassing one of the baton twirler girls yeah. and, and grabbed the baton. And as um, as my girlfriend walked past, he tried to poke her in the ass with a baton. I remember this and shit. And while he had the baton, I was I was ready to go, and I knew he was an asshole. And I was like, I'm gonna hurt this guy. So so he, you ran down there. So I was I was two two seats away. I was watching her walk down. So I, okay. I moved down the bleachers, and as he put the baton out and 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 like poked her in the ass with it, I smashed him in the face. He's punching yeah. this cold cocked him. Yeah, just punched him from the side, knocked him, knocked him down. And he was a big dude. I remember this dude. dude. So it didn't. Really I remember. <laughs> visu- I'm actually visualizing <laughs> watching the fight now. I remember he, you guys are wrestling while the game's going on, and then like so at the bottom yep. of the bleachers is like that. There's like that fence that separates obviously the field. The field. And you guys are leaning against the fence, and oh, it's yeah. like yeah, that fence, and it was like about a what about a eight foot, ten foot drop and it on like the, the other side. The fight went forever, but it probably wasn't. Uh, Remember it seemed he, like it went for a long time, though. Yeah, because I remember trying to swing on him, and he's, like, running through the crowd, and, and I'm swinging, and he's stepping all over people and falling on so people. So he was running from me after you punched him? Basically, yeah. And Did you ever I'm, get... Didn't you get him in a hold, and he wrestled for him for a second? There was, um, there was at, one, at one moment after I, after, I, after I punched him, I was like, this is how stupid I am, and how you, you, when you're young, young and dumb, you're like... Well, I, I gave him a shot. Now I'm going to stand there in front of him and let him give me a shot. So I stood in front <laughs> of him and looked at him. I looked at him. I was like, you know, okay, yeah, I, yeah, I'm the one that smashed you. You know, what do you got? And he smashed me in the head. I was like, damn, that hurt. But then I came back, <laughs> came back swinging. And that's when he was running through the crowd. And I was every, I'm trying to throw punches on him and probably um, missing and hitting. And so I, I remember <laughs> us running through the woods. So was that the same night we ran through the woods after that? Oh, yeah. We yeah. didn't get chased by a bunch of dudes? Oh, yeah. Because it was um, it was funny. He, he, grabbed, he grabbed me because I had a... I, um, he was definitely way bigger. He grabbed me and pushed me against the fence. And since we were skateboarding all the time, you know, we were pretty agile. Yeah. I um I kicked my feet over the fence and I grabbed his jacket and kind of pulled it with me because I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna backflip over the fence. Oh yeah, that's some movie shit. And I'm gonna grab his jacket so and fly with and me. Pull him with me. And you um, break my fall, or whatever, too. Yeah. So I grabbed his jacket and pulled him in. Um, Rusty was wearing a red beret too, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, because that we was were, the style. Because we were all about suburbia. Total suburbia. And the guardian angels from New York yeah, City. Yeah. So Rusty had a red beret. <laughs> On during this fight, just picture this shit. <laughs> and um, and fatigues. I think I had combat sure. combat fatigues and a beret. So, so is the is the game still going at this point, or they stopped? This is ha- half during halftime. Okay, the game, yeah, yeah. Where are the cops? Where are, like the teachers? Where nobody's breaking it up at this point. And there's no cell phones for anyone to videotape. Oh, it. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember this shit now. So the, what, uh, did you guys flip over? Actually, oh uh, yeah. I, actually, I flipped over and pulled his face down on the fence, and it kind of. Cut him, cut his face up, and he got kind of stuck on the fence. And that's where it really um, pissed him off. And that, yeah, and that's because then it was like, okay, it's not just swinging punches at that's each other. Real this is like, brawl. okay, you just slice my face open with this serrated. So then, fence. then we ran after that, didn't we? After yeah. so we ran to the end of the field, <laughs> and um, and I remember you ran up and you and um, and this guy and his crew. It was must have been like twelve of them, and there was like three or four of us. I think it was me, me, you, your brother, this kid, um. Maybe Patrick from from um, he was a DC kid, but um, I remember we were on one side of this fence. It was about 
maybe four, four or five feet tall. Uh-huh. We're on one side, they're on the <laughs> other, and he walks up and he points at me. He goes, Meet me at the gas station and we'll finish this. This <laughs> is like some karate <laughs> me, kid movie yeah, shit. Yeah, total karate kid style. Meet me at the gas station and we'll finish this. And I remember smacking his hand down and saying, Fuck you. I, I finished it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I fucked you up, that type of thing. And I remember you were standing beside me when they were walking up and I was like, and and you were like, they're gonna they're gonna kill us, man. They're gonna kill us. And you were all bumped. And I was, and I remember hitting hitting you and be like, "Don't let them see you fucking sweat. Don't let them see you cry. Don't let them just say just stay stoic and just yeah, yeah, stare yeah, yeah. Them, stare them down. Look mean." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Let's put on a let's put on a war face." But then did we so did, then they when did it get to they chased us through the the, the fucking woods to our house? Um, I think after I smacked his hand, it pissed all, his crew off, and then they just started <laughs> climbing the fence, and I think. That's when the the people at the school were like, okay, break this up. And someone came over and pushed them away. At least it's been so long ago. Yeah, and then we, so we ran to the woods to your apartment. And that's where we had that moment where we were like, okay, we can stand here and we can get in trouble for what we just did. Or we can haul ass through the woods. And we took off running. So we <laughs> run through the woods. We get to Rusty's house. We're all freaked out. Adrenaline's pumping. And all of a sudden, somebody knocks on the door, and it's the teacher, correct? Yeah, Mr. Flowers. He was the gym teacher. So the, so all of a sudden, we open the door, and it's Mr. Flowers. But behind him are other dudes, right? No, uh, you, know you know what I think? Oh, they to... were coming to them. They're coming you know, for you. Know, was we, um, there was one guy, in, one guy that was hanging with this guy that, that I was brawling with. One guy knew where we lived. Oh, shit. And um, we ran through. We got to my place. I remember we... we um, Closed, we locked the door, we shut the windows, we shut off all the lights, and I remember we were looking out the window. That's right. And you see all these people running. It was um, it was like... That um, shit's scary. That was some movie shit, man, uh, 80s where, shit. Where you, you you could see them like like that movie Strangers, where you look out the window and you see someone run past the window, and they were by the back window. They were trying they were, to find us, man. Yeah, they were definitely Fuck, trying to find us. Fuck, man, that's crazy to think about, about that now, man. Probably about 12 of them and three of us. <laughs> <laughs> we were probably we we were we were we scared a little bit, but we're in an yeah. apartment though too. Like, what are they gonna do in the apartments? Like, yeah. we, it was it wasn't it wasn't more um, that that we were scared. We were like, okay, what's what's gonna happen? Yeah, <laughs> and that's when we looked out the window <laughs> and and Mr. Flowers intercepted him from the front. He lived across the street, and he goes, "Hey, hey, Joe, what are you doing here?" And um, fuck you, Mr. Flowers. <laughs> we're, we're, look, we're looking for Fuck these your guys. flowers. We're looking for these guys, and then, um, and then um, he's like, "Well, you need to leave because you know nobody's here, and nothing more is going to happen. You need to get out of here." He knew where I, you lived, yeah, Mr. Before, flowers. Yeah, before I call the cops and blah 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 blah, and they're like, "Fuck you, Mr. Flowers." What do you say? Uh, Girls' volleyball team sucks, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that's a straight. That's a line from like Fast Time Years to Run High or something yeah. like that. Dude, you, you, the girl, you, you suck, Mr. Flowers, and the girls' volleyball team Such sucks che- too. Cheesy line at the wrong time. So yeah. then, did you? Do we ever come out of the apartment and see them? Or no, he covered for us that you, you didn't live there. Yeah. He, oh, nobody yeah. knows you lived there after that. Yeah, he he, he covered for us. Was like, a, I don't know who you're looking for, and you know, get the fuck out of here before I call the cops. And basically, and he wasn't even at the game, around. so he was just kind of wing. Like he didn't really realize yeah. what was going on. He just saw a bunch of people running around, wow. milling around the apartment. <laughs> and then what? What was the one where? Okay, that that was a crazy story. As I remember that now, I'm now visualizing all of it. Then after that, I remember there was an incident. With carpenter knives in your Fiat at a gas station across the street from Great Mills High School. Oh yeah. What was that about? Was that is that part of the same beef? No, it's it's weird. When I cut when I first cut the roof off of that, you know, you were saying, yeah, we became pretty much became targets. Yeah, because, I mean, we stand out, uh, and we, we fucking look like freaks in the town. Yeah, I remember we earlier that day we we 
me and your brother, I think it was like a Kmart or something. We rode through the parking lot and um, and I spun spun tires as much as a Fiat can spin tires. Yeah, without peeling those tires. It, it was like such a joke. But um, some guy goes, slow the, slow the fuck down, motherfucker. And we're like, yeah, woo, party. <laughs> and we took, <laughs> we drive away. And it was funny, later that night, or later that day, we went. I went to get gas, and the same guy was sitting outside the um, convenience store. Oh shit! And um, and we we roll up, and I go, "Hey, how you doing?" And he's like, "Fuck you! Don't say hello to me." And I was like, oh, "Okay." He's like, "Don't don't you fucking say a word to me." Something like this. And I was like, "Wow, okay, whatever." Go inside, pay for gas, start pumping gas, and then um, on the way out, just to be a smart ass, I'm like, "See you later. Have a nice day." That's some like, like flea shit in suburbia. Happy Easter, yeah, asshole. Yeah, just kill him with kindness yeah, and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fuck, fuck you, motherfucker. I'll fuck you up. And then um, he pulled out a carpet knife. And I was like, or no, I, I remember how the, it first started. He goes, um, he's like, what you going to do about it, motherfucker? And this this guy was huge. He he, I think he even had like a Mr. T, a Mr. T haircut. Yeah. He had like the high top fade and. He definitely looked like he wanted to kick some ass. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, whatever. I just want to get gas, get the fuck out of here. But um, he's like, I said, hey, hey, have a nice day. And he's like, fuck, fuck you. you. He said a few other things. But, mm-hmm. um, but um, I was like, what, what? He, uh, how was it? He said something about you're not going to do shit because you're a fucking pussy or something like that. And yeah, put yeah. his finger right in my face, and um, the minute his finger almost touched my nose, I, I just popped him in the popped him in the nose at the gas station. Yeah, and knocked him down, and um, and that's when the carpet knife came out. <laughs> <laughs> like this big. Giant. Did Tom Morse have that or no? And Tom Morse was in the car and he's like, Russ, you need something. You need something. I was like. Do we just clean my car out today? There ain't nothing in there. <laughs> there ain't nothing. No tire iron, no baseball bat, no nothing. So what happened? He just broke there t- was a, it off? There was a, um, a sheetrock knife. Okay. And he was like, he threw it to me. And I, I and had that little inch, inch long blade. And mm-hmm. I went, <laughs> and pulled the blade out. Like, come on, motherfucker, let's go. <laughs> and he was scared at that point? And um, no, then a friend of his like, no, 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 it's gone too far. It's gone okay, too far. Yeah. And he jumped in between us. And then we, we split. But it's like... You know, after him swinging a carpet knife and me swinging the sheetrock knife, like a that is fucking fucking idiot. <laughs> that's some fucking that's that's crazy. That's some some hick shit. Some hick shit. <laughs> and do you remember when we were driving down the street? And I, I don't know if I, I had like a plastic gun or, or like I don't know if it was a water gun. For some dumb reason, I'm sitting in the middle of you guys, and I, a cop's coming towards us. I just aim the gun at the cop. I don't know why I did that. And then I don't know what happened if he chased us to turn. You remember that, right? I don't, yeah. know, if he, I don't know if he turned around. Did he turn around and chase us? I'm pretty sure because we were, I think there was, there were those little little ditches that we would always skate. Skate, yeah. And I think we either, we were in Leonardtown skating the little ditches and then we were on that our way true. back to Lexington Park and we were all like kind of hyped. We were, skate mission, skate yeah. mission. And there was a cop and back then it was like, he always gave the, the cops the finger yeah. because <laughs> there was stop skate harassment. Yeah, he, it was so punk too. Yeah, it was, yeah. A C A A C A B, like dumb shit when you're yeah. a kid, but um, but yeah, cop coming towards us, he pulled the the gun up from the back seat, aimed it at him, and then um, I and put I, his lights on, light, didn't he? he? I saw the brakes. I looked in the rearview mirror. I'm like, fuck. He put on his brakes. We're in oh, trouble. Shit. So it was like we made the first right, turned off. So we got away. Yeah. Thanks, Russ. Yes. <laughs> that was some super punk suburbia shit, man. But it was definitely yeah. Back then, if you think about it, back then, we had um. Yeah. Yeah, no cell phones. We didn't have cable. 
We didn't have video games. We didn't have um, any of the the digital distraction. Any no, no handheld devices. The only we were outside every day, man. Yep, outside skating every day and just creative shit, man. Being doing what we do, and it was um, there was never any any question why you're doing what you do because you just did it. Yeah, you're like oh, I'm gonna go skate. Okay, I can't pay rent. I'm gonna buy that skate deck because i want to skate <laughs> somehow <laughs> and so what, what what year do we start going to shows now so we met you in 83 i think we started going to shows in like 84 or 5 maybe going to dc and stuff right yeah i think the first the first one we went to as a as a was group. that circle jerks marjorie Cir- madhouse Con- yeah. conclusion formity yeah i had that fire was it 85 i think that was 80 i think that was 85 i had that fire it was at the wilson center in dc because prior to that, I, I know we Roadside Pets, we started Roadside Pets and we played a few parties in the county. Yeah. And I remember... Halloween bash, all that shit. The barn bash or the whatever. The barn bash. I remember, do you, were you were you at the one where we, we played at that kid's house, like a Halloween party? We played at the house. And then this one redneck, he looked like a total Hesher. He kept saying, play some, play some Led Zeppelin. Play like some movie. Play Skinner. some Freebird. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're like, we only know the songs we know. We know. And um, like, oh, we'll play this, play that. And, and finally we stopped and it was two guys, one tall, one shorter. And he's like, stop, stop, um, stop harassing us. We're trying to play the show. Mm-hmm. You know, sh- stop heckling, man. Yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Sit down. Original hecklers. Yeah. And, um, and then I remember I was yelling at the tall redneck and then the, the shorter redneck. I looked at him and I go, what the fuck are you looking at? And um, what's your problem? Something like that. And then Johnny Bryant was like, I think the problem is that that knife in his hand. And he had like oh, a, shit. a buck knife because I'm arguing with his brother. For a buck and neck, he was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to stab you while you're arguing with my brother. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. But um, back then, because I, because I had gotten shot when I was younger. We're going to go to that right now. But um, I would be like, okay. I, um, I think I pulled my shirt up like, Give me your best shot. I was I was shot when I was I was I've been shot, motherfucker. Give me yeah. your best shot. I'm gonna take that knife and shove it straight up your ass. I think I said something stupid <laughs> like that <laughs> and stared him down like nose to nose, and then he put the knife away. Do you but. feel like you feel like because of the way we looked <laughs> and because of the way we carried ourselves and because we're into we always had to be on on defense mode, I guess, especially living in the same area as county because we were the outcasts and we were the freaks. So like, yeah. anywhere you go, anything could pop off. But but the crazy thing is, if you think about it, it's like we we definitely. We were never looking. We were never looking for trouble. Not at all. We never would start a fight. No. We never. We were always like the the. We wanted to have fun. We wanted let's to smile. We, yeah, we were yeah. like, yep. let's, let's go skate. Let's do fun shit. Yeah. yeah because yeah. Hundred percent. We didn't have. There was nothing else to do we, there. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have shit. That so. was our outlet. Hundred yeah. percent our outlet. Yeah. So. Um. So let's rewind to that real quick before we move into the other shit. So, yeah, Rusty was shot as a kid. Um. How old were you? Uh, 16. I was 16 at the time. Was that in Maryland? Yeah, that was in Maryland, in Mechanicsville. All right, tell us the story, Rusty, because this story has had twists and turns and urban legends and myths and all, you know, <laughs> what what kicked it off? I know you one of your friend's house. It was your friend's brother. There's a bicycle involved. There's a pool table. What happened? Yeah, so um, first day of summer vacation, and um, we had a, at a kid's house who had a pool table. So we're, uh, me and this guy are shooting pool, and the kid... Who lived there? You know, the parents are gone. It's just um, they had two kids that lived, two kids that lived there, and they were like the, the spot to go to shoot pool and and hang. So we 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 go over. Um, me and this guy are shooting pool. Um, 
we see this other kid who, you know, notorious in the neighborhood for being a little bit crazy. And I know he, um, he basically had pulled guns on people before and they moved, this was in Mechanicsville and it was all, um, I think a lot of people moved out of DC to, um, to have more land and more property and to, yeah. to get away from the city. And so it was a lot of city kids who were bored, bored off their ass. Yeah. And it was in the middle of the country, about 40 minutes south of D.C. So um, one kid, um, this kid Jimmy, no, notorious for being a little crazy. He's like, I, I get the next game, walks in, I get the next game. And we're thinking, no, you're not going to run the table. We got the next five games. You guys were the older kids? Yeah, we were old, a little bit older. And he was, I think he was 15, 15 at the time. And um, like a year, maybe a year or two younger. And um, So nothing to do with the bicycle outside, correct? Um, that's what spurned the whole, like, um, basically told him to kick rocks. We got the next five games. And then I heard my bike get kicked over outside. I could hear the noise, so I ran outside. And I saw oh. he, he had kicked it over. And I just, it's like a... You know, when you when you're a kid, you you put a bike together, and it's like this is special. This is my bike. And the Schwinn. And he, <laughs> he <laughs> kicked it over and scraped the paint. Like I just painted that. Ah, oh, you asshole! I chase him down, and he's pedaling away. I grab him by the back of his shirt and push him over the handlebars, and he kinda, ah. he rolls in the dirt and gets up, and he starts swinging at me. And since he's a little bit smaller, I you know three Stooges where you put your put your hand on his forehead gotcha. and he's swinging, and then you just kick him. So I kind of kicked him, and he fell down, and he's like. Um, you, know, you fucking asshole! And I go, you know, get the fuck out of here. Nobody wants you here. You know, you're nothing but trouble. And um, you know, basically, I said something stupid like, "Come back when you're a man." Oh shit! And basically, how old were you? Sixteen. Okay. So basically, he came back. And he was what thirteen? Probably fourteen or fifteen. Okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely way young. So that was it. He left. You go back inside. You play in pool. How, how? What was the time frame between him coming back? Probably twenty minutes. Twenty minutes, half hour, and um. And one of the kids that lives there is like, oh, here comes Jimmy. Jimmy's coming back. And I was like, oh, great. He, um, I, I kicked him. I punked him. Does in anybody in there know what happened outside? You must have told me. I, I get rid of that. Did they, did they know what happened outside? They, as far as I can remember, I, yeah, I, yeah, they probably saw it happen. They probably heard heard what was going on. They probably saw it through the Scuff window, or, shit, yeah. or they were probably right behind me when it was going on. But, but, um, but yeah, it's it's weird. There's um, he he ended up coming back with. The, He's walking down the driveway with a big baggy, you know, Rambo army jacket. And I was like, oh. That's not suspicious. Yeah. I was like, okay. He's either got like a, a knife or I thought like a knife or a machete or something. And the kid's already off, right? A little bit? Yeah. And he already, okay. We already knew that he's down for revenge. He, was, he wasn't coming back to just be He's like, a man now. Yeah. So he's coming back. On, on and as he walked in the back door, he pulled out a, a 44 Magnum and had like a... Uh, nine-inch barrel. I think it's called a uh, Blackhawk Special. So Shit. he he walks through the back door and pulls out this forty-four Magnum and starts clicking the chamber and staring at me. And how many people in the room? And me and two other people. So he wasn't nobody's brother. He was just a local crazy kid that hung was, out. Actually, I was shooting pool with his older brother. Gotcha. So um, I'm shooting pool with his older brother. So his older brother is there, and it's like so he he's standing there with a the gun, clicking the chamber and staring at me, and I was like, dude. You should put it away because you're just going to get in trouble with it. And um, so I, I kind of, I thought he was just trying to scare me. I'm like, okay. Were you scared at all for a minute? Um, I was, but I, I don't know if it's um, AD, ADD or <laughs> or, <laughs> or mental problems of my own. But um, I didn't, I didn't think 
it was going to happen. Yeah, I didn't think it. I was like, um, I'm sure I can stare him down or talk him out of it or whatever. I just didn't. I didn't think that he would actually shoot me. So yeah. But I was like, ah, you're just trying to punk me, and I'm not falling for it. And um, so he, one of the other guys that one of the other kids that lived there comes in. He says, um, well, what what um, what's going on? And Jimmy's like, come here and I'll show you. So they stepped back in this laundry room area that was maybe five feet away. Who stepped back? The kid um, with a gun. Yeah, the kid with the gun. And the kid who lived there, and um, and I was like, oh, okay, it's it's. You think he told him I'm gonna shoot this guy, or that I don't I have no idea what he said. Wow. I wish I wish I, this I guy wish pushed I, me off my bike, and now I'm gonna come kill him. Or yeah, that's I wish I could have know what this dude was saying to the That'd other be really guy. Interesting. Like, hey, I'm gonna scare him, or hey, check this out. Who knows? But um, basically, I looked up. I got a pull cue in my hand, and I'm staring at him, and I look up from the game and he's got the gun pointed at my chest and he's like how far away is he maybe f- seven and uh what's the length of a pool table length about pool six, ta- okay. six feet so yeah. he's like maybe two feet off the pool table and i'm a, about a foot off the other end and he's like you shouldn't push him off my bike motherfucker boom and that's i i heard the gun go off i don't blank. I'm sh- i don't remember it actually hitting me but i remember feeling like um heat it, yeah, it burned. It burned, and it felt like um, I got hit by a truck on fire. <laughs> Fuck. It, it knocked me off my feet. I was laying flat on my back, and I remember, you know, my dad was a, was really big into hunting, and he was all like, uh, you have to take the hunter safety courses and all this kind of crazy yeah. shit. So in part of the hunter safety course, they would show, you know, what happens when, you know, kids start fucking around with guns and accidentally someone gets shot. Yeah. And, um, and I... Th- thought from seeing this film i was like oh shit he had a handgun he shot me there's gonna be a big hole in my in my ribs yeah where, where it burns but out of my back you know it's gonna Blow be a, back out a and bigger shit. hole with you know, guts will be splattered out Movies of my back yeah i'm like don't look down don't look down you're gonna go into shock and you're gonna die don't look down and i looked down and i had a you know a tank top on and the tank top just turns red oh I was like, shit and I look at my right arm and it's like pumping Sp- with my squirting blood out. Squirting blood like a sprinkler has um, squirting blood out at, like fuck. a sprinkler, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And in my, you know, teenage mind, I'm like, and there was a hole, a hole in my shirt and my ribs, and I, big enough that I could put my pinky in. And yeah. I was like, I was like, "Holy shit!" The bullet, the bullet went in there and it shattered my veins and my, my whole. All my veins you didn't just it was all over your whole body. I didn't realize it was a shot shell, and okay. it was like a hundred, about 180, 190 pellets. Oh, to, damn, to man. So, um, the, my first reaction was cover up, like um, cover up the holes, um, put pressure on it, stop. Yeah, bleeding. be like a sprinkler though. Yeah, and a total sprinkler. And I was like, and I need to get the fuck out of here, and I need to get home and call an ambulance and get to the hospital, and they can sew me up. I'll be fuck, fine. Man, all this racing through my mind, but it's like I'm looking down at myself bleeding. And so I scoop, I scoop myself up, I um, cover my arm, I run out the back door to the left of the building, and I see him, and he's got the gun in his hand still, because he ran out the front door, I ran Jesus out the back door. Christ. So he's got the gun in his hand, I was like, fuck, he's going to shoot me again. So I ran the other way. You ran. were running after being shot? Yeah, yeah, and I ran my Pure house. Pure in shock and... St- oh, yeah, total shock. So it was, um, my house was about... Adrenaline, the, all that shit's kicking the, the, in. Yeah, about the distance, about three blocks away. And I just ran, ran through the woods, hauled ass, start kicking the door when covered I get home. Covered in blood, covered fucking shirt, everything, arm, everything covered in blood. And I'm banging on the door, and my stepmother answers answers the door, and she's like, "Wait a fucking minute!" 
and I start kicking the door, like, open the door, you know, and I open the door, or she opens the door, I'm sorry. She opens the door, I'm covered in blood. She's like, what the fuck happened to you? What's going on? And, like, Jimmy shot me. Oh, that little motherfucker, I knew he would do something like that. Oh, my pe- God. People in the neighborhood knew he was a Holy little bit, a little bit shit. off. shit. So, um, so, yeah, she um, she runs up and calls, and then I hear, um, you know, a cop car and... and sirens and shit. And, but about the time I hear the sirens... Um, the neighborhood, the the girl who lived in the house that I got shot in shows up and she's got a towel, like a wet towel, and she's helped me wrap it around yeah. the, the holes and whatnot. And it was like a lot of internal bleeding that, that I didn't realize. First um, cops show up, and I remember the state trooper, he's trying to patch me up, and um, and all I kept thinking is, I hear an ambulance, I hear I hear the um, the sirens. I'm, I'm good, I'll, I'll be safe. And I think that's when the blood loss and the shock just kind of kicked in man. even more. So I remember looking at this guy, um, and oddly enough, I I met him about maybe five, actually longer, maybe almost ten years later. I bumped into him at a college. And Which was guy? The cop who was the first on oh, the scene. Oh shit! Wow. Gary Varesco. Gary Varesco, if you're still alive and Shut out there, you out, man. yeah, you definitely. That's you awesome. Definitely saved my life. But he, I remember he's wrapping me up, and um, and he's looking at me, and I was like. Things don't look <laughs> things don't <laughs> look good, but um, ambulance rolls up and they bounce me across the lawn, throw me in the back, and I thought, okay, I'm safe now, and I just chilled out, relaxed, and then I passed out, and then um, I hear, um, I remember code three, code three, we're losing them. I remember hearing this, and I remember my stepmother putting her face in her hands and and leaning over and like you know, kind of crying or whatever, and um, and then I remember waking up at the hospital. Like um, they basically shocked me back to life, and then Fuck. they're like, "Yeah, we we lost you for a minute." So you feel like you went to the other side? You saw the other side? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Was it white light? Like a white light? It was weird. I remember total out of body, out of body shit, and this um, yeah, it was so long ago, but definitely I remember watching the the ambulance pull up to the hospital, standing from outside, watching it back up. And Holy shit! It was um, I remember hearing my dad screaming in the hallway, something like, "What do you mean you haven't arrested that little motherfucker?" Wow! <laughs> and then I remember um, when they zapped me back to life, how it um, it felt like um, being shot out of a vacuum cleaner backwards, and okay. then all of a sudden it went, you know, it was boom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Light, light and and like, what's going on? What's going on? So, yeah. <laughs> so what? So what happened to that guy? So he got? Did he get arrested? Right? So he was. He was 13? Four, 14. So he, he I was, think he was 14 or 15. He couldn't get, he couldn't get charged as an adult. So yeah, what, ha- what happened minor. to him? He got arrested right away? Did he admit it? Did they know who did it? Like, how did that, that process go? From what I understand, he was um, arrested and sent to, like, a detention home for boys. For how long? And um, I know, I was, I think he was out of detention before I was out of the hospital. Damn. So it was, it was some weird shit. It was, um, and I'm pretty sure... Yeah, and the, and we went to we went to the the case went to trial and he was guilty of a um, assault with a deadly weapon. He was a um, misuse of handgun and um, attempted murder, and he was guilty on all three charges. Mm-hmm. And um, they gave him uh, probation and extended extended psychiatric treatment. That was his sentence. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, he's a police officer. Yeah, and oddly enough, we played with box car <laughs> racer in D.C. And there was a bouncer in the barricade. And he's like, hey, remember me? And it was his older brother. 
And Are like, you serious? Yeah. And I was like, um, yeah, I remember you. What's your shitbag brother doing? He's like, oh, you know, he really had a rough time after that happened. And it's like, yeah, no oh, shit. Oh, he did? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He's, he's the one who told you he was a cop? Yeah. He goes, he's a bouncer at this club about two miles away. No fucking way, he's a, And they said he's also a Metro policeman, so he's a DC cop. Oh, my God, man. So it's like. That's what you get, and this this is the crazy thing because no jail time, no yeah. jail time. This was eighty nineteen. I think this was nineteen eighty when this okay. happened. Either seventy nine or eighty. The okay. summer of the summer of seventy nine, I think. So think about it, nineteen seventy nine, eighty, and what was it? Was it last year or the year before? Great Mills High School. Yeah, reunion. There was that that kid that shooting came in and, and shot up. Yeah, it's like. And that's 30, 40, about 30-something years later. Yeah, there was that like high school massacre in, at, at our high school. Yeah. It was high school. So it's um, this shit. Fucked was, up, it's, man. It was going on back then, and they chose to just, oh, kids will be kids, and sweep it under the, the carpet. And it's still happening today, and it seems like it's every... It's worse. It's crazier yeah, now, man. Once a month, you hear, you know, just like Pittsburgh, the fucking kook went in and shot yeah. the synagogue. Yeah. Uh, thoughts and prayers. Um, so yes, so that was pretty dark, but yeah, that's a story that Rusty's told before. I'm not sure on on an interview before, but yeah, so Rusty's a survivor of being shot. Um, there was no justice to the guy who did it to him. He is a police officer. Um, but Rusty's healthy. Yes. (laughs) Rusty's great for his age. Let's get (laughs) some. Healthy for an old guy. Let's get some positive shit now. Yeah, let's, let's, let's move past that dark shit. Let's move past the dark shit. Hey, what's up, man? Um, so, uh. After that, we got we started going to shows in DC, which is amazing. Couple things I want to run by too is um, um, what were we talking about before that? My lost track. Maryland, you oh, getting yeah. shot. There's a lot of all the the brawling and the brawling. And, I think we covered a lot of the brawls in Maryland, um, the racism that we experienced in, in Maryland. Oh yeah. Uh, how people were so segregated. And, I mean, the Morses for us was definitely a culture shock for us because we we, we never lived in the South, and that's not how we were raised. Yeah. Um, and my mom was talking about how, too, it was really hard for being like this, this city woman from up north coming down to manage a bunch of southern old men. And she talked about that, too. And that was a hard transformation. It was hard for those guys to, like, even listen to my mom at first. Oh, yeah. She was the authority and shit like that. So that yeah. was really, really crazy for her. Like, who's um, this, who is this person telling me what to do? <laughs> yeah, and as, and as much as Todd Morris was kicking and screaming going there, it was actually fate. Because because of that, we met you. We met Todd Friend. There was the out crowd. There was roadside pets, uh-huh. um, midlife crisis, another band of yours, yeah. and that. And then we're gonna get we'll get into the H two O chapter on the next episode. But before that, you know, we started going to shows in Washington D.C. Got to see Fugazi. Got to see Embrace. Got to see so, so many bands. We got to be part of that scene. Yeah, Our friend Shauna Kenny put on shows. Shauna Kenny shout out yeah. Safari Club. Um, we got to see so many great Iguana, the club Iguana. Yeah, so much great shows Wilson's. in Washington D.C. and be part of that scene. Was it um, Wilson? Wilson Center. Wilson Center. Um, the Wust. The, the Wust 930 Club. Old 930 Club. Uh, the Church. There was, a, there yep. was another thing there we used to go to. Um, Baltimore was Jules Loft. Yes. We Marble to go to Bar. S- Smash Records was like our shit. Yeah, Get our Smash, t-shirts to Smash. Our, our records at Smash in Georgetown. Definitely some of my first Exorcist punk rock stairs. records. Yeah, the uh, Smash Records. Um, so that yeah. really changed our life. That, that part of our life, the timing with that was impeccable because... Like we we lived in Taunton and then we moved to Newport, Rhode Island. We got into the hardcore scene there with Vicious Circle, Verbal Assault, Proletariat, Outer Rich. We got into the skateboarding there. Todd started surfing there. 
for the beaches in Newport. And then we came to Maryland. And brought and all that with you. Brought that with us. And I think Tracy ended up coming down later on after for a little while Tracy came down. I mean, he was actually the first he was the first one to come to Maryland. Your um your mom he didn't want to move there though. He, no, he yeah. Didn't, he didn't he didn't live there. I know he he was the first one that I met out of all three of you. Okay. And he Tra- came down with my mom and stuff yeah. and get her settled or whatever. And he was all about cartooning and yeah. Dead Kennedys. Yeah. Huge DK fan. Like so. Todd and Tracy both were trying to figure out which one got me into punk first or which show they brought me to first. <laughs> and uh, Todd said he bought like the original. I think he bought like a Never Mind the Bullocks, maybe like a track or something he brought home. He met through somebody, mm-hmm. you know, at school or something that brought that to him. Which um, today is the anniversary. Today. Today. The oh, 28th. shit. Well, this, it's, this it's, won't come out then, but shout out to the Sex Pistols. <laughs> Never mind the Bullocks. I mean, that record was a big part of our, of our, of our punk rock life, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, okay, so a couple of things. So my mom didn't realize you got fired for the skate ramp. We talked about that. You know, that was part of being fired. And my mom didn't remember this, but I know you remember this because, Rusty, whether you know it or not, you were sort of like a father figure to us because my mom was, was working and we were hanging out with you a lot, skating and traveling and stuff. But do you remember when you got straight up summary report card? What's that? I straight. got straight F summary report card for not dressing down in gym. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember because yeah. my mom maybe blocked it out, but I remember her going with me, sitting with the principal. She made me feel crazy on the first episode that I didn't do that. I got straight S because I was so punk. I didn't want to wear my like my sports shorts and didn't want to dress down. I, I refused to do it, and I hated I was like jocks and sports. Yeah. I appreciate all that stuff now, but back then I was just so set in my ways. I got straight S, but I made it through high school from that. I did some summer school going into ninth grade. Um Definitely got made fun of at school for being a skateboarder and a punk rocker, and um, my brother did too. Didn't really have any girlfriends in high school. That was more my senior year. Shelly Shackley, my first love. I was the prom king. I was a school jester. I breakdanced at my prom. (laughs) I ended up going out with a bang and and, and actually graduated from high school. Um, And you went to college too. Did you go to college in Maryland? Yeah, yeah, St. Mary's College. Okay, and Todd Morris went there too. Yep. Todd was there. I think Todd was there right out of high school. He was taking like a creative writing class there. Okay. Yeah. And um, and I know we we would always go down to St. Mary's College because there were uh, good spots to skate. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people from D.C. who who understood the the hardcore punk scene. Yeah. And there was a radio station there too. What was the radio station? Um, I'm trying to think what it, what station what it was called, but it was uh, WSMC or something okay. like that, St. Mary's College in Maryland. Yeah. Or St. Mary's College. Yeah. W- and they started WS- playing punk on there too. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we would go down, and they would ask us to guest DJ, and, and we oh, would wow. be like, okay, let's play all this punk rock stuff. Just mean like the local yeah. boys there. Yeah, yeah. And so they, they also would do like Battle of the Bands, and they would do yeah, like... Yeah, we did have um, Battle of the Bands. Uh, like, a, what is it, a Open Mic Night. Yeah. So I remember your brother doing Punk and Drunk. Oh, shit. And um, I had a mohawk, and I'd be like, I'm punk. And he's like, and I'm drunk. And he would play <laughs> guitar, and we'd sing songs. So... Before we get to the next chapter, I, I left I left with Dave Weisskopf and Todd said he came with me. They drove me from Shelley Shackley's house to New York to move there in 1988. I was the first one to go to New York, I guess, and yep. I was. And then I think Todd Morris came after that. Mm-hmm. And then when did you come to New York after uh, that? I want to I say, the, I think the first time I visited New York was 89. Okay. 88 or 89. I was already there and, for a year, yeah. And I went up um, uh, by bus. Okay. And I had a an acoustic guitar and a backpack and wow. rolled through. And I think it was I was rolling through the city to go visit somebody in Schenectady at a college. North. Okay. And um, actually, your brother Tracy was living up in Schenectady. That's then. right, he was. So, um, yeah, I remember I remember walking up from um, from the World Trade Center, walking up through um, straight up Broadway, and just the 
energy. Oh man, the energy and the the buildings were so tall and when so you different from Maryland, it, dude. <laughs> so different from the, even from DC. No, nothing was that tall. Yeah. Nothing was that um, closed in. Yeah, and yeah, it definitely. It's like there was like a warm electric hug. <laughs> so so when did you move there? What year? Ninety. Um, I think the the first year I lived there was when you had the. The saddle it was a saddlewood court, court in Jersey City, yeah. Um, and that would have been summer '92. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But living in Jersey City, a three-story uh, uh, apartment, it was like a thousand bucks. It was like five. Moon was living. Everybody's living there. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like, yeah. Imagine that now. About seven people. <laughs> Imagine that now. It's all so that, different in, yeah. in Jersey City and Grove area and all that stuff. That neighborhood looks like Hoboken now. Yeah, and Todd Friend. Shout out to Todd Friend who still lives in Jersey. Yeah, Jersey shitty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we had good times here though. Yeah. That's a different chapter. Um, so Maryland, we covered all that with skateboarding, the punk rock, the fiat, mm-hmm. the fucking Some of the first crazy shows. fights, the first fucking shows. Boy, the salad days, seven inch outside of Food for Thought. Oh yeah, shit, we bought so the seven inch salad. That days. was the f- one of the first embrace shows, Rise of Spring embrace. Yeah, I remember that. Wasn't that guy naked from Beef Eater played or something? Yeah, that was one Tomas. of the shows. Yeah, and us coming there from Maryland and stuff, being oh, like, yeah. holy shit, this wide is gnarly. Wide eyed country. Yeah, we <laughs> country f- so fresh, so green. Um, but Back yeah, the DC scene, the DC scene, that's a, that's a different chapter. We're going to discuss that in part three when I have H2O, the whole band on here, we're going to start from that chapter. Um, so yeah, I think it pretty ties everything up with my mom, with everything. Oh, two more things. You mentioned two yesterday about like something about, um, oh yeah, that's right. Um, cause we were, we, we, we <coughs> I mean, we all lived in Lexwoods. We all probably thought we we're making the same income. We all were punk rockers and look crazy and. Um, yeah, it was def- it was definitely like low income, and it was funny because you um you look like the like the character on the Circle Jerks record. Yeah, the slam dancer. Yeah, the slam dancer. Yeah, the your bracelets. Head, your yeah. head was shaved down. You had a spike. That's bracelet. a compliment. Thank you, Russ. Yeah, you had the um the flannel shirt tied around your waist. Yeah, and, and it's like we were all kind of going for that punk rock. That that I mean, we were we were too too broke to. We were thrift shopping a yeah, lot. We were thrift shopping because you could. Get all kinds of stuff for a buck. That was the punk rock way, though. Yeah, uh, and um, that's one thing that punk rock taught us: <laughs> thrifty. Yeah, but um, save you money, but, man. But we were trying to we were trying to be like punk rock fashionable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With and um, I remember there was a that one day um, this nice it wasn't your style, but it was a like a nice leather nice leather jacket arrived and it had like a hundred dollar bill in the pocket. And um, it arrived at my apartment or yeah, to me? Or? I think it I think it was left on your door. Okay. And it said to Toby, or there was a note on it. This is for Toby, or something like that. And and I remember you going, yeah, I got this leather jacket, and there was a hundred bucks in the pocket. Oh shit, I do remember and, that. Um, and I want to say a months later, there was a there was a woman who lived down the block, who it's like you never know who's watching or who, yeah. who gives a shit. And it's like we're just doing what we do. But she um, she actually told me she's like, oh yeah, she's like, you know, I felt bad for you guys because um. It's like single mom, three kids, um, and it's like, and you scrubby guys, scrubby punk clothes. Yeah, you guys are all scrubby, like holes in your jeans and just ripped up wow. shit. Wow, we did and, that on um, purpose, lady. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> we spent a hundred bucks at the thrift shop with that money. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, I think that bought you a new board. <laughs> probably full. Probably shit. Me get two boards back then. Yeah. Wow, Rod, man. The, the, the uh, Rodney, Rodney Mullen, right? Yes. Somebody told me recently that skateboards have never changed 
from a deck has not changed from the forty to sixty dollar range ever since it became popular. It's the boards are still that price. Really, just decks. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's nuts. With everything that's happened in skateboarding, and back then for us it was just a fun thing to do to express ourselves. And now it's like how massive it is now. The skate park in Southern Maryland. Oh yeah. How it's in the Olympics and how it's come full circle and all the pros we knew back then are our friends now. Like it's fucking crazy, man. How yeah. life is with everything with that. It's um, definitely. It's like if you if you broke it down to where we were and what we came from and the the dreams and aspirations we had then and then you if we just sit and talk about who we know and and who we hang with and and who we would actually skate with right now i know man it's like you only saw them on television you never saw them in real life and the magazines or you yeah in magazines or or you drive all the way to virginia beach and see them at Trashmore. what's crazy to say that is that they, they seem so much older than us too. Like back then, they were like up here, and we were like down here looking at them. Yeah. And now knowing them, realize they're only a couple years older than us. Yeah. It's crazy because in the magazines and stuff, they're like you put them on this super high pedestal, oh, which yeah. they deserve for being incredible skaters. Yeah. But now we know them. It's like, damn, we're not that much, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> older than them, and like we're not much younger than them. Yeah. Um, the fi- the final thing I want to talk to you about. <laughs> it's an urban legend. It's been talked about for many many years. First of all, you're not my dad. We know that. No. But there's an urban legend that you took my mom on a date. There's an urban legend that it's been spoke about. It's been it's been talked about. It's been told from both oh, parties. Been, it's been you've been ball busted for years from yeah, it's, from it, like it's from both parties. Crews from every everything. But yeah, it's and it's been both sides have both said that it almost happened. So Rusty Mustachio, is it true or false that you took my mom on a date? That's one hundred percent false. <laughs> what what exactly yeah. happened? When that somebody um, could take a story and flip it for over 30, 40 years. So uh, it's just it's it's weird because it's funny. Um, was it um when when you first came out with Five Year Plan song, and they're like um, yeah, um, th- there was a certain band that will will go unnamed that would flip the lyrics and be like, you know, Rusty's been blah 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 since I was three. Mm-hmm. Rusty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's there's in the barn. I get it. Yeah. So there's people there's people out there. They're like, oh yeah, you know, Rusty's your dad, and he must have dated your mom. But the the fact is, when your mom first came to um, to Maryland, I, I was working at the complex. Yeah. And um, this woman who was running a complex, Sabrina, is like, oh, she's like, oh, um, you know, because you were nineteen. This, yeah, I was nineteen. 19. And um. Like oh yeah this 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 woman Linda is coming down she's gonna be a, one of the trainees and she's gonna probably take over this other complex that they're building and blah 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 she's gonna take around show the sites yeah and she's got three sons she's got three boys and I was like oh cool you know and, and one of them is your age like Tracy I think but you Tracy. did like older women back then <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when you're 19 you, you you pretty much like any anyone who likes you exactly <laughs> okay so go ahead but um. But yeah, she. Um, so basically, it was your mom's car because I think I don't. I don't either mine was a piece of shit that you didn't want to drive in, but you you. Um, they're like, oh, take her to Solomon's Island, you know, just show her around the area. She's new here, yeah. and blah blah blah. So I'm like, oh, cool. So basically, we drive over to Solomon's Island, and um, you know. Didn't she get a call? We guys had to go back. Got a call. She had a beeper back then. Yeah, your uh, your grandfather was in the hospital. Oh shit! So she's it's like, got um, real. yeah. So she's like, um. You know, because we Where were you taking her to, though? Originally, we were going to go to a, a restaurant in Solomon's Island, have dinner, and, oh, then, that's cool. and then go back. So that's maybe... So it's not really a date. It's more like you're showing her the... T- you're the local. You work there. She's new. She's going to be working at Lexwood. You're going to take yeah, this yeah. lady over the hill. Yeah. But my mom was super beautiful, though. Super pretty. <laughs> 
Um, so it was, yeah, definitely. We we <laughs> rolled back after she she got some bad news, and I'm like, oh, that's that's insane. Let me take you back home. So we basically drove. Because you ended up being pretty much like almost like a fourth son to my mom. Yeah. Yeah, After much. breaking your arms, all that stuff, yeah. and everything like when I had the two casts, there were moments when I'd have to go over with plastic bags and be like, "Can you, can you?" I remember that tape the plastic bags yeah. on so I can get a shower, and um, so she would definitely would tape on the plastic bags, and I'd run back. So you just being kind and being like a local and show my mom <laughs> around, turn into like Rusty's your dad. Rusty took your mom on a date, all this stuff. So yeah. now we have the truth finally it, it, recorded. Yeah, there's definitely there's a whole lot of ball a busting. Myth. There's a whole lot of ball busting that goes sure. with with. Um, the people we grew, we've grown up with. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's part. I think it's part of being friends with people too. There's a lot of yeah. ball busting, and it's out of love, and it's yeah. you know, break your balls. But yeah, I definitely got that. That thing got urban legend, and I'm glad we got that. You know, <laughs> we cleared that up. Um, on the first episode, I, I cleared up that my mom's been struggling since I was three and not four because I would have changed the whole entire dynamic of the whole song. <laughs> but we figured that out because in the year and the month, it was actually was the, everything. Was, everything was correct. Everything was so correct. So it was. Three. I was three. Yeah, I was very correct. Um, for the year that he passed and the year age I was was around February. So everything worked out for that. That was good. But this is another thing I wanted to like make sure clear this up moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna, you guys who are listening to Rusty on the next episode, it's going to be H2O, all of us. I'm very excited about that. Um, I think we talked about everything. Yeah, I think we definitely we covered, covered a lot of ground. I know you since 83, so that we know we figured yeah. that out right now. That's fucking crazy. It's a long time. 83. Let's do the math. It's a very, very <laughs> long time. I don't know if people even know that, the history of that. You know what I mean? It's funny. Like, it's crazy that, like, if you think about Offspring, Noodles was the, was the, uh, was the janitor at Dexter's school, supposedly. That and is. he joined the band. And you are the maintenance man at my mom's apartment complex. And then you ended up being in our band. Well, we didn't have a band before that. But you guys get the point I'm talking about. Um, and Rusty yeah. was older than all of us, actually. So Yeah, over thir- 35 years over we know each other. That's fucking yeah. crazy, man. It's, it's crazy how we went from like Maryland to New York and now we're all in California. Yeah. It's really crazy, man, how that happened. Yeah, it's definitely it's like when you, when you think about it, it's like the the it was like a, like a stand by me kind of vibe because yeah. um we definitely when we grew up in Maryland, when we met in Maryland, it's like we all knew we wanted something more. And we all knew that there was... And we didn't want to be there in the first place. We were yeah. forced to go there. Yeah, so none of us... And you were already there. You're trying to get yeah. out. Oh, yeah. None of us wanted to be there. And it's like... So we created our own thing. Yeah. And there was no other outlets other than to, to Drink, create your own thing. smoke, peel yeah. tires, yeah. get and with like, chicks. Yeah. And it's like, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, get a job. I'm going to get married. I'm going to buy a house. And then I'm going to live you know, happily ever after in my, my little neighborhood. Yeah, I know. Back then, none of us wanted any of those things. We were like, I was um, a dishwasher man at one of the steakhouses. I did some shit on Solomon's Island with my brother. We we used to hitchhike too around St. Mary's County. Me, me and Todd, oh, we yeah. hitchhike too. Hitchhiking was a thing back then. You hitchhike to your work or whatever. Like it was mm-hmm. maybe it was safe. I don't know, but I remember doing that for sure. Oh yeah, definitely a lot of hitchhiking, and skate, skating to and from work. Yeah, I remember I worked at the the global van lines. So yeah, furniture mover. Yeah, I remember that truck driving furniture mover. Before I finally said fuck that and went to college. <laughs> so the main thing we learned from this is that how long we known each other for. We brought the Morses brought skateboarding and punk rock to, to Southern, Maryland. Southern Maryland to St. Mary's County to Lexington Park. Yeah. You're welcome because you guys yeah. have a skate park now. Yeah. Um, they got a nice skate. Park. We did, never got to skate that either. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't. Rusty Rusty did not date my mom. Nope. Um, and punk rock and all the and actually moving there got us all together and punk rock helped us actually escape. You know. 
yeah. Southern Maryland. You know and what it, I mean? And it gave us a it gave us a good moral compass. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, I know the DC scene was so close, and that was the best thing about it. Because yeah. it's like no sexism, no racism, no homophobia. Yeah, and it was um, all about um, be open minded and um, question authority. And skateboarding was like, um, you know, stop skate harassment. So it was like skateboarding um, is not a crime. Basically, fuck, fuck the man. You know, we're trying to have fun. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck the the fun police the system, all that shit. Yeah, and yeah. So this is my final question I ask people on the show: Is that well, first and foremost, I know how you get through your day. I know you're a big coffee guy. You're a big you're you're a coffee connoisseur. You're a sweets guy. Um, oh, yeah. and you have and, and you have and you have zero patience like my wife with people in the street, people driving. You have zero patience on the road. Road with, rage, with road rage. Like, so so, what gets you through your day in a positive way, like? How do you keep the PMA? How do you make it through each day? Wh- what motivates you um, to make it through each day? Hmm. I know exercise. You actually do that. Yeah, exercise. Thing, things that make, obvi- obviously, you know, fa- family. Yeah, you've been through a lot of shit, so. And. Um, friends. Yep, family and friends. Definitely. Food. Food. <laughs> um, it's something as simple as um, waking up. Walking the dogs and grabbing coffee. Russ has got three dogs. Yeah, and grab coffee, and that usually, yeah, it's like we all we all have our demons. Yeah, you know, like you if say, you, you don't wake up positive no, every day. No, it's like, but Russ, if you didn't get a coffee a day, you'd probably be not a happy man. Um, it's definitely a big part of the morning. Yeah, I like it. It's your, it's your ritual. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a ritual. Yeah, Moon has a big up every day. You have pop every day. Yeah, I get it. So and that's that makes you that warms your heart, makes you happy, and then you start your day. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely. Even when we're on tour, I mean, that's the almost like the the first and foremost. It's like when we're on tour, Rusty up. has a map of every country, every city, every fucking town, every village. Every Rusty would know the best coffee in every town. <laughs> this motherfucker, I've seen him. He'll walk like ten miles in the middle of the summer to find the best <laughs> coffee. He'll go anywhere oh, yeah. to find coffee. That's his mission on tour. And like he, we've seen all the sites. We've been to different countries. We've seen all the beautiful churches and all that cool stuff. But at Rusty now. His coffee crew, whether it's him or a couple of people that are with us, yeah. he finds coffee every day. Yeah, it's like who's got the and that best? makes you happy. That's one of the things in life that makes you happy. You're, oh, you're yeah. a coffee connoisseur, and now yeah. you know how to make coffee. Oh yeah, and you love yeah. coffee. Yeah, but you've it always been a coffee guy. Uh, no, actually, I never growing growing up, I never was. You remember the Descendants were all mug mug mug. Yeah, and like, why are they so into that coffee shit? <laughs> yeah, you, I wasn't coffee back then either. Yeah, and all these years later, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely espresso. And you're, and also for people to know, you don't even you don't smoke. Nope. You barely drink. <laughs> no, nope. I actually I haven't. I can't remember the last time I drank. And it's funny, I'm, I was never a smoker and never a drinker. But I was never, I never claimed edge. I was never yeah. like, hey, I'm straight edge. And it's like I've tried just about everything growing up, and thankfully nothing stuck. Yeah. And it's like I, we we both have so many. Friends that are straight edge or sober, yeah, and and also you know people who have up. been battling it for years, long time, you know, it's yeah, like, you know, sad. I, it's it's tough, and it's um, you know, thank thankfully I never had never yeah, was addicted never like to anything. Yeah, you never a party guy, yeah. No, uh, and it's just um, yeah. Now it's caffeine, though, probably. <laughs> now it's coffee. Yeah, caffeine. And it's like um, sugar too. I mean, sugar is like the number one drug. We're all addicted oh, to. Yeah. We don't even know it. The sugar. whole planet is addicted to sugar. I'm convinced. Yeah, it's a real. That's the tough one. Because you try quitting it, it's fucking super hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in everything we do. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so we got that's. I think that's good, Russ. I think we talked yeah. about a lot of good shit on here. Yeah, we'll end it on like a I said. We're gonna be, part, part three's coming with H two O. That's gonna be. We have so many freaking stories, oh, and uh, we we touched the base on a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of thank miles. you, Rusty, for 
thank you, Rusty, for building the first ramps, letting us stage dive and slam dance in your in your apartment with the mattress, yeah. the launch ramps, oh, defending us, your fucking cutoff Fiat, <laughs> the Road Warrior slash Suburbia. Um, yeah, think, shit. Think, think about it, it's like one thing one thing we had in that um, in this uh, like a lead into where we ended up and being part of the whole New York hardcore scene. Yes. It's like one thing we had back then. We had each other's back. Totally. And we we didn't want any harm to come to any of us, and we wanted nothing but the best for us. Yes. And it's funny. All these years later, it's like it it it, it hasn't it hasn't, it hasn't shifted. changed, man. <laughs> it hasn't shifted. It's crazy, man. It's so right. crazy. Right. It's so crazy that like we're gray. I'm almost fifty. You're in your fifties. I have a fifteen year old son. Yeah. But if someone stepped to you, I'll. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, you know, we're, yeah, we're brothers to the end. It's like we became that with our band, with everything. We've been through a lot of shit. But it's crazy how far we came from, like, who would have known if my mom never took that job and never moved to Maryland, you yeah. know? Like, it's fucking nuts. All things happen for a reason, man. And, yeah. and moving to Maryland, as much as we didn't want to do it, it fucking it sealed the fate of everything that's happened to us since. I don't know, with music and everything, and punk rock and skateboarding. Yeah. So, uh, I, so, so thank you, Mom, for taking that job. Yeah, because it's definitely your, your mom. Your mom definitely... Being in in Maryland and bringing you guys down there, uh, basically against your will, kind of set the set the pace for everything that's yeah, happened. Yeah, and then from moving us out of Taunton to Newport, where there was all the skateboarding, the surfing, and all those great Harker bands in Providence, Rhode Island, that you was great. Ta- probably would have taken it for granted because yeah. you would have been surrounded by it. So we got the best of like three different scenes. So uh, yeah, man. So that's it. Thank you guys for listening. This is Rusty Allen Pistachio. You can follow him at Rusty Pistachio on Instagram. What else, Rusty? Tell me about you. Where can they find your jewelry? Uh, PeanutJewelry.com. PeanutJewelry.com. Yeah, Rusty makes amazing jewelry. You can check that out. And um, and you, you might be giving some coffee someday, too. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully one day I'll own my own coffee shop. That'd be awesome, man. <laughs> um, and then we could, talk, we could tell stories all day. <laughs> in your coffee shop. Yeah. All right, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, uh, thank you for listening to... This is part three of season number. one. Yes. Five-year plan. Um, talk know. to you guys soon. Thanks, Toby. You're welcome. Bye. That was awesome, bro. I had Rusty come back to my house. I thought it was important to talk about Rusty before we met him, and then also the after effects of him being shot. Also, Shauna Kenny joins us for part two. A great friend of ours we met in St. Mary's County. She put on shows, um, fanzines in Maryland and D.C., became a great writer, author, put out several books. So I hope you guys enjoy the part two of Rusty Pistachio. Thanks for listening. So welcome, Sean, and welcome, Rusty, again. Hey, hey. This is Rusty's 100th time in the episode. On this, and we haven't, <laughs> Rusty's episode hasn't even come out yet, and that's next week, but we still have to get him on. Um, get, you'll get sick of hearing or not hearing my voice. <laughs> but, Russ, but, Russ, before we get started with a million Shauna questions, you questions, um, two questions for Rusty I had left for you I thought about today is that um, what, what, was, what was the Rusty Pistachio like before we met Rusty Pistachio? Because everything I talk about is meeting you when I was, you were 19, and um, I was 13. Um, I know he had moved around too. So, mm-hmm. what what was what was that life like for you before uh, the Morses came and, and brightened your day and made your life better? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, first, the first and foremost, a Navy brat. Like my dad was in the Navy. Okay. So they moved from Florida, from well, actually from um, from. Pittsburgh 
because uh, my my dad's from a big Italian family. They they um basically emigrated from Italy to Pittsburgh. Yeah. So um, when we when my sister was born and she was actually born in Florida, and um, my dad moved us from Pittsburgh to Florida, from Florida to D.C. So we lived in um, Kent Village. We lived uh, right inside the Beltway in uh, Lanham, and then to St. Mary's County. Like um, so. Um, we definitely did a lot of moving before I was even eight years old. You had two sisters? Um, I have a older, an older sister. Yeah, and um, so I'm trying to think. Um, did your dad's work bring him down to the county? Um, or why did they choose? Oh, um, he chose he chose Maryland because of Pax, Pax River. Okay. A, a big Navy base, and he's like an electronics dude. So okay. He would do um, calibrations for um, fighter planes and helicopters and all that kind of stuff. So um, interesting guy because he um, he actually was um, worked on the first space shuttle. Oh wow! So years ago, I remember him flying out to California. Yeah. And being like, check out all this pamphlet. It's like a you know, it was like rocket science, you know, uh, sci-fi stuff for me. How old were you then? Um, uh, I was probably nine years old. Okay. Eight or nine years old, but um, oh yeah, he's like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna create this thing that that'll it'll rocket into space and it'll float around and then it'll fly back on its own and land on a landing strip. Oh like shit! An airplane. And back then, I don't even think there were computers back then would take up the size of a an office space like yeah. a for sure three, massive three thousand square foot office space. <laughs> so you know, looking at a computer the size of someone's average size of someone's kitchen. That is just to simulate a lunar landing video yeah. game. You're like, oh yeah, computers. <laughs> they're kind of big and slow, and they're they're not going I don't know anywhere. How they're gonna affect me. <laughs> yeah, they're not going. Or ruin our lives later. Yeah. But um, but yeah, um, we moved from D.C. We lived in a, a high rise in D.C. It was um, the whole floor was packed with kids, and it was um all you know low income families from everywhere. So it was, um, you know, we had a really good, we had a, a pretty multicultural upbringing because, yeah. um, you know, running down the hallway, that's where you played. They were like, you know, five years old, you're like, oh, okay, I can go out in the hallway and play with the kid down the hall. And um, you would, the smells that would come out of everyone's apartment, you'd be like, oh, that person's cooking this kind of food. Or that oh, wow. cooking this kind of food. And you would be like. Oh, World market. That's yeah, crazy. Like, oh, I'm going to try um, tamales or you know, <laughs> I'm going to try some pho. But um, it was it was definitely before we moved to St. Mary's, we were kind of um, high rise inner city vibe for a few years, and um, thankfully my dad got a job that actually paid paid well enough for him to move us into a, a house, mm-hmm. and that's when we moved to to St. Mary's County. Were you, were you, was your mom and dad together then? Uh, no, I'm dad divorced when I was four. Oh wow! Yeah, four and a half, five. Yeah. So okay. Actually, actually, they—I'm w- sorry—they were together when we were in Kent Village, but when we moved to Lexington Park, okay. in St. Mary's County, they split. Okay. Uh, they stayed there, both of them. Yeah, they both stayed and for a little while. My father stayed, still lives there in um, in Maryland, Southern Maryland, and my mom remarried, moved to upstate New York. Yeah. We used to go on a tour. She used to make us all kinds of cookies and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she would bring out like 50 <laughs> pounds of sugar. Always at, when at we the saw Boston, her. The Boston store. Yeah. So we roll up on the tour bus and um, 
everyone's <laughs> inside sound checking, and when and everyone comes out from the venue, and the entire bus was like bags of like Krispy Kreme and <laughs> cookies and all kinds of <laughs> shit that will kill you. <laughs> shit you're trying to avoid now and later oh, yeah. in life. Oh, yeah, the stuff that you think about now, you're like, if I even ate that, I would have a rotten, I would have a rotten stomach for three days. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice though. When we came through. It was like a. Yeah. Like a home cooked meal, or like um, or like a, an attempt to to be very homey. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So then, so you kind of you kind of found your family with the punk rock, I would say. Yeah, that's um. But not not no disrespect to your family, but I feel like uh, my mom and my brothers, we all became more of a, a tighter unit together. When we met you in, at the. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because by by the time I met you guys, I had already lived on the street or on my own for about three years. Because um. It's like I got shot when I was 16 and moved in with my mom for less than a, little, less than a year. Yeah. I moved in with my mom just to get out of Southern Maryland because the kid who shot me lived basically five houses away from where we were living. Jesus. So it's like, let's get, I want to get the fuck out of here. I yeah. I live down the street from Were you scared? Murderer. Were you scared after that? After that? Yeah. Definitely there was um, a lot of fear because prior to getting shot, I would do dumb shit and not realize that there was a consequence to doing dumb shit. Interesting. You're like, oh, they're, look, they're building a new house, and it's got all these glass windows. Let's throw a rock and see what happens. Smash the window, and you're like, ah, that was fun. <laughs> but you don't realize that's somebody's money, that's somebody's home. Yeah. And you're being a fucking it's asshole kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Destructive prick. And, um, and prior to this kid shooting me it's like i was i was never a bully i was always for the underdog i remember in seventh grade there was um two big bullies in the school and they're picking on this guy and i was like that's not cool so i basically stepped up and and slapped slapped this kid um and i remember another time they Meet me after school. We're in a corn, <laughs> in a corn lot. field. We're going <laughs> to, not even parking lot, in a cornfield. <laughs> oh, shit. That's county. We're going to meet That's you super in, county. In this cornfield. And, um, because this guy's got beef, and this guy actually hired this bigger guy to fight oh, for him. Jesus. So um, I'm going to square off with the big guy, and you're going to pound the, uh, the little asshole guy. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> it's like a setup. In the cornfield, and, and you punch each other, and you, you know, and at the end of it, you're like, okay, you done? Yeah, we're done. Okay. Let's grab a corn on the cob. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, there's, there's <laughs> definitely <laughs> the county. But, um, and, and, go ahead. But um, but uh, yeah, after after I got shot, I was like, I don't want to be here because who knows? I don't know if this guy might be stupid or crazy enough to try and finish the job. Yeah. Because I think um, when he shot me, he it aimed right at my chest. I mean, we went to court. He was guilty of attempted murder, assault with a deadly weapon, and misuse of a handgun. Like three mm-hmm. charges that would put someone in prison for, for sure. 25 to life or at least seven years. Mm-hmm. And he didn't do any time. Wow. So I'm thinking, I don't even know what this kid's doing, where he's at. Yeah. And I'm going to move in with my mom, who I hadn't seen in about s- 10 plus years. Wow. 12, 12 years. So how was and that? And just to get out. Of, and that in itself was, you know... Um, we just got <laughs> shot. You almost died. Then you moving in with your mom after ten years. That's a crazy transition. Yeah. So it's crazy when you're when you're laying in the hospital, you um you just you just basically died. They brought you back to life. They sewed you up and they got you connected to all these tubes that are draining fluids out of your liver, out of your chest, everything. Um, and this woman walks in and 
I'm like, I think that's my mom. Damn. Hi, honey. Like, hi. (laughs) So literally 10 years you haven't seen her? Yeah. Where have you been? Wow. Well, I've been in upstate New York creating a whole new family without you. While you've been in southern Maryland being tortured by a stepmother. Who moved in, who was very young, married my dad. Wanted kids of her own and saw that this guy's got two kids and we're like flowers in the attic. They're like, I don't want to know you. I don't want to be part of you. I married your dad because I want to start a life with him and you kids are just, you know, baggage. Damn. So, yeah. So that whole vibe is what made me want to leave. For sure. I ran away from home at 12, hitchhiked about 11 miles. You were good at hitchhiking. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another crazy thing. It's like hitch, hitchhiking, <laughs> hitchhiking because um, we moved from uh, Kent Village, inner city. We moved to Lexington Park, which was um, suburbia. Houses, you know, on quarter acre lots next yeah. to each other, millions of kids. Stores and everything, walking distance. We moved to the, the country, middle of the country. It's, um, it was basically like, hey, we have a, there's a new development. You get three acres of land. You get a house. And everybody wants it, so everyone's moving from D.C. and it's you know starting this new little getaway spot. Yeah, and you had a lot of bored kids who lived there, who would go into their dad's gun closet and be like, "Hey, I'm going to go out in the three acres of land I have and shoot guns at things." Yeah, and eventually shoot shoot someone I know down the street after, after <laughs> over an argument. Happened. Yeah, Did you talk about that in the other interview. Yeah, about what? About how he got shot. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. But it's um it's in this episode. But yeah, but back then it's like imagine you're um latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. Your dad works all day, your stepmother doesn't give a shit about you. And um usually when they would leave, the door would be locked, so you're locked outside and you have to figure out, you know, fend for yourself, do whatever. Yeah. You know, if you're late for dinner, it's too too bad you don't eat till tomorrow. You know, they had a lot of crazy rules. Damn. And man. um so I ended up, I was like, okay, they don't care about me, so I'm going to have to fend for myself. So you know, imagine 12, 13 years old, you're hitchhiking from one town 10 miles away. So you can go to a grocery store, and you can be like, I'm hungry, but I'm a kid. What do I like to eat? I like sugar. I like donuts. I like <laughs> yeah, crap. Yeah. So I'm going to go into this grocery store, and I got a big baggy jacket. I'm going to steal a big bag of M&M's. Damn. And I'm like, okay, that, that's dinner. What do, I, what do I want for breakfast? I'm going to go st- steal another bag of something. Wow. So I basically was like, you know, this little hoodlum would roll up to the grocery store. <laughs> and sometimes I would get creative and I'd grab one bag at a time, keep going back and forth, and then stash everything outside. And then I'd go back and be like, hey, can I get a bag? And they would give me a bag. Oh, here you go, kid. Have a bag. And I'd go out and load this grocery bag full of candy wow, and shit. Man. You just and stole. hitchhike home, another 10 miles home. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like, as a parent, could you imagine if Max disappeared no. for, like, not knowing where Max is for, like, eight hours? No, not at all. It's yeah, insane. It's no like phones either back then either, no so phones, it's like... nothing, and no way to communicate, so it's like, you know, basically all my own. So I did that for quite a few, quite a few years. So survival of the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Surviving the, the county streets. And then, and then Rusty, throughout, throughout your life, um, after being shot and all that trauma as a kid... Um, do you have a different perspective on the world? Or I, were you super scared for many, many years of losing your life? Were you like, you feel like you were uh, bulletproof maybe? Did you feel like... Yeah, def- definitely. Af- after I got shot, like, the, the immediate reaction was like, wow, look how fucked up my body is from all this shit. You know, I got a scar that goes from, like, the middle of my chest to my belt. 
and it's um, a lot of holes look like I've been ice picked and even have like the doubting Thomas scar over my liver where the, the wadding went through my ribs that they sewed up. But it's like um, after, right after I got shot, there was fear of retribution. But um, after, um, after a while, it, it's like after that kind of faded, I was like, well, you know, when I was, when I was technically dead, alcohol dead, you know, flatline, shit was so peaceful. It was like the best kept secret. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait a minute, this is what it's like when you die. This shit is so zen. <laughs> <laughs> I just listened yeah. to an interview with a doctor who he said he's brought back a few patients and every single one of them, different walks of life, said, Why did you bring me back? Damn. It's w- it's weird, right? Because there yeah. Wow. There's there was some there's something so like you you don't even think about what's behind you. You're yeah. like you're in the in the moment. Yeah. And you feel like you're connected to everything around you. Which it was you weird. Are. Yeah, when <laughs> you, that's what he said. He said that the ultimate truth is that, you know, we're all perfect the way we are and we're all whole, but we go through this human experience thinking we need this and we need that and yeah. we're mm-hmm. incomplete in some way. But the truth that you realize in death, hopefully, is that you always were yeah. what you were supposed to be. It's pretty interesting, yeah. man. And, and the fact that we remember that and come back and even like the experience, yeah, because you remember what ha- you remember, like oh yeah, because <coughs> coming coming back was almost like um, uh, what I would guess being re- being born because mm-hmm. um you're you're in this place where you're so comfortable and it's so chill, and then all of a sudden there's lights, there's sounds, there's machines, there's just noise all around you, and it's abrasive, and you're like fuck is going on and you're looking around like where am i now yeah I feel like being shot out of a vacuum cleaner you know turn it on reverse and it blows you out the vacuum tube yeah <laughs> so it's like boom. <laughs> damn and then you're like wait a minute i'm back but while i w- while i was away there's a lot of things that i saw and even through like hypnotherapy um i know i spoke with this person in manhattan and she ended up saying, well, when you were under, you were saying this and that and this. And mm-hmm. it, I was like, wow, I really saw all this shit. Wow. And um, so pretty interesting, crazy. But does that make you more, does well, it make you more of like a fearless person for the rest of your life, you think? Yeah, or? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either it's uh, definitely made me put um, kind of life and death in a different perspective. Yeah. I was like, you know what, um, it's not as scary. It doesn't hurt. I mean, even getting shot felt like getting hit by a, bus on fire or like a big giant baseball bat just smashing you in the chest and Jesus. bursting in the flames but after that you know it felt nothing it's definitely yeah, affected shot. how you move through the world i think i mean we can get to how we all met but yeah i know mm-hmm. that we always saw you as sort of the protector yeah 100 percent. Yeah. you know you were the brave one you were not afraid to stand up to bullies he's like the father figure for yeah. sure man yeah you were the big brother of all of us oh yeah and it and I didn't it must have been informed by that experience. Yeah. That that was it was funny. Like I like growing up when my escape was comic books mm-hmm. and comic books there was always someone looking out. And yeah. I was like <laughs> and so th- definitely that you know and coupled with being blasted and coming back. And being on even even being on your own, like kinda out there like surviving. Yeah, definitely not realizing, okay, this is my life and there's really no safety net. Mm-hmm. And definitely there was a lot of times where I was like, no one gives a shit about me, but I do. Mm-hmm. But but always, yeah. since I was a little kid, I've always had that weird 
I remember being like five years old and walking myself to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Damn. I I would look up and I'd see the clouds. And because, um, you know, the the church, the Bible, the religious aspects, your family's like, oh, you got to be religious. You you have a picture of God or Mm -hmm. a picture of the spirituality. I'd look up in the clouds and I'd be like, "Oh, look at them big fluffy clouds! Oh, you know that's probably where he's at." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he, she, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's up there, you know, looking down and, and keeping an eye on me. So, uh, even though I was pretty much felt like I was very independent and always on my own, I always felt like there was a, a higher, like a higher power, marching over you, something protecting something you. Yeah. So it was like that was. I guess that was my safety net. Mm-hmm. But, you, were, but you, were you religious? Were your parents bringing you to church and stuff and all like that? They, we were forced. I think I, I was <laughs> I think forced I too. I, I was, was forced too, yeah. We were, I'm sure we all were yeah, yeah. Catholic, yeah. Because we, we were raised Catholic, but to get rid of us on weekends, they would send us to a Baptist a Baptist <laughs> church. <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez. Because, because Baptists started at 8 in the morning and you didn't get home until 4 in the afternoon. Oh, it was all day. Damn. Yeah, it was work. <laughs> it was a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And a lot of songs. And the one thing that I can say, I didn't really appreciate having to be there, but there was a lot of songs and a lot of singing. Mm-hmm. And that is the one thing that I remember with my family is my dad was a acapella singer, always singing whenever we're driving somewhere, always singing. Mm-hmm. I go to church. That's where your beautiful voice sing. came from, Rusty. Mm-hmm. I, I know it, it definitely, I was always pushed, sing, sing, sing. And I realized... All these years later, just uh, always doing it and realizing that um, it's almost like um, when you chant Om, there's mm-hmm. those vibrations that roll through you, and you're yeah. like, Om, and it's calming. Mm-hmm. And I realized that was like a happy spot. And I think maybe with the, the ADD, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're if you pretty decent at something and someone praises you, you want to keep doing it. So it's like... Um, it's interesting. So it's always been that's that's why I always you know before H two O I sang sang in a couple of bands yep and, and it was always images it midlife was, crisis yeah, it was embarrassing <laughs> What's to get in front of people and do it yeah and there's like the the kid in you that is like don't look at me but when you do it and enjoy it it's like you go somewhere that no one else can take you and you feel connection yep and I, I I love I, I love <laughs> I, I would say that. Um, our voices together balance each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love that. Mm. Yeah, that's I think so too. And it's like um, all the all the things that I would want to have in mine, I I'll hear in yours. Yeah. And and it's like, and I'll hear yours, and I'll be like, what can I add to it? So yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize the uh, collaborative effort that mm-hmm. goes into being a band, not just um, I'm playing. Each guitar, person does bass. their own thing, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, a joint joint effort together. It's a whole lot of... Uh, we all balance of, each other. Yeah, a whole lot of vibing off each other. We're not the best musicians or the best players either, nah, but nah. together <laughs> make it work. You know what I mean? Like, it's Chemistry. not... Chemistry. Yeah. That's yeah. why the music we play is awesome, because you don't have to be the best at it. Yeah. It's more about the message and how you deliver it, you know? Yeah. And, 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 it's, yeah. and maybe it's not for ev- everyone, but that's that's okay, too. We don't want everyone. Yeah, it doesn't need, <laughs> doesn't need to be, because what, we're, what we make is for us anyways, initially. Yeah. So, and it's like um, even when we started the band, it was like, hey, you know, Toby's really good at getting a party going. Let's start. Let's take H two O and start this party and take it worldwide and see <laughs> who joins. <laughs> you know, I should have uh, been a party planner instead. <laughs> um, so do you do you Next rem- do you remember when we met Shauna Kenny? Oh God, I remember. Sha- Shauna I remember might the know. Joe. I remember meeting you. 
I remember the Joe, the Joe Mag, the Joe Magazine, Joe yeah. this and Joe. <laughs> yeah, my zine. <laughs> the Joe no zine. Zine, zine. But I met you pre-zine at the county fair. I was with my friend Gail. She was my one friend in middle school. And we were just getting into punk rock together. And we had met, I think we'd met Mike and Jean already somehow. She had an older brother at Leonardtown. And mm. they'd made us Circle Jerks and Dead Kennedys tapes. And we went to the county fair together and saw Mike and Jean hanging out with you. You had two broken wrists. Oh yeah, that's the story. On yeah. your hands, yeah. <laughs> and that's I think right. Todd was with you too, yeah. and um, yeah, and I, I didn't believe that your name was really your name, Rusty Pistachio. Oh, oh yeah, no, <laughs> <one does>. <laughs> <laughs> that's your punk rock name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, you were just this fascinating character with these two casts on your oh, wrist. Man. But you guys were all skating and just hanging out the at the county fair, and then I don't know if it was that night or shortly after. My sister told me, oh. My sister was taking dance lessons at some local studio or community center, and she's like, there's this new guy in town, and he's my breakdancing teacher. His name is Toby. Toby. <laughs> <laughs> he's only like 13. Yeah. And, and, he and I was, was like, what? I was wondering, I'm wondering if I he's related to Todd. I was yeah. a teacher at 13. And he, was, and he was that good. I know. Oh, he, he was the only one. He was the only one that could do a head spin. That's right. crazy, Who man. Who else would have the balls to be a breakdance teacher at 13? Yeah, Dude, that's I'm going to do this. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It was right across the street from the, <laughs> what was it, Mike, Mike's, um, Mike's Bikes. They oh, had yeah. The first skate shop in St. Mary's County. Is that where you were teaching? And it was right yeah. across the street okay. from that. And what's the, what was that? Um, It was like a teen center. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Teen scene. Teen scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was teen scene city breakers. <laughs> that didn't last long. Teen scene city breakers. <laughs> um, so then what? So, then, so then we started hanging with you? Shortly after yeah, that, Sean? we just started hanging out a lot. Um, what year was that? The shows? I don't know. I, if I was um, in middle school, that was... Broken arms. 83. 83, yeah. I was 13. And our yeah. history yeah. goes back... 83, 84. <laughs> I mentioned something about E.T. recently to yeah. Joseph, and I said something about when Toby and I saw in the theater, he got mad at me because I was crying when E.T. died, and he kind of like clenched me in the arm. And Joseph was like, wait. You guys saw E.T. together in the theater? Yes. <laughs> he had to, like, IMDb it and find out the year. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it, like, 17 times at uh, least. That was my shit. It was played. Like, uh, that was the time when we only had one theater. Yeah. It played for uh, freaking, like, six months. Yeah, we loved E.T. Letter so much, right? man. Or was it Nord- no, there, w- there was one in Lexington Park. I forget what the yeah. name. Yeah. But, um, yeah, <laughs> if you can figure out the year that E.T. came out, we met shortly before. That's crazy. I used to live walking distance from that movie theater when I was a little kid. My, my kindergarten, <laughs> the kindergarten school was two doors down from the movie theater. That's funny. So it was like, go to kindergarten, nah, go past the movie theater, and that one strip had all like the five and dime and all the stores. Oh, yeah. so five and dime. They had the, sta- <laughs> the stand by me vibe. Yeah. yeah. So we started putting, so what happened after that? We, so we all connected, and we're all like these like-minded people in the county. Hmm. Like we just moved there, you know, and you already live in there. We, yeah, we moved there when I was 10, so okay. I'd been there, like, I guess, three years. Where'd you move there from? Upstate New York. Okay. Um, my parents were both from upstate New York. We were both born, my, me and my sister were born up there, and uh, my dad had two brothers in the Navy. My dad had been in the Navy and got out. He was in Vietnam when I was born, and he had two brothers in the Navy who were living in St. Mary's County, and we'd go visit a lot. And oh, wow. They were <laughs> just doing better financially than my family was in upstate New York, um, we lived in a housing project, same housing project that my mom was born in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, like, dozens of cousins and 
all, they were all getting into a lot of trouble and dropping out of school and doing drugs and getting pregnant. Yeah. I think my parents got scared and um, just wanted to mm. move us to a Get away. more country <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Style. <laughs> Did you place, like it? Which we hated at first. Yeah, you um, hate it you know, first. I was like, oh, there's nowhere to roller skate. That was my big yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> complaint at first because there were no sidewalks. And yeah. I lived in a trailer at first on Texan Peach Road. Mm. My dad told me later that he would have to pay our rent like every week, like $100 a week to stay yeah. in the trailer. Wow. Um, that was a lot of money back then, yeah. too. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. they saved money and bought a fixer-upper on Chancellor's Run Road. And Chancellor's Run. Yeah, I remember and I skating lived there. That. I remember um, skating that road. Yeah, and that's where <laughs> I lived, I think, when we met you guys and, and when I graduated. And then my parents bought and built like their dream house after we left the county. Wow. Because we used to practice over at Tina Downey's. That wasn't too far from you, right? Yeah. You were, you were a little further out, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So when did we start putting on shows there and stuff like that? And you started your fanzine and all that stuff? I feel like... That barn show. Well, that yeah, Margie Halloween. had those barn bashes. Yeah, yeah we had barn bashes. We're actually playing the people, uh, <laughs> bands who playing the barn, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Rich did not believe that. My husband did not believe <laughs> that there was that a bar we had bash. punk shows in a barn. Fist fight, <laughs> you had fist fight in but cornfields after school, but and then now you go to the barn yeah, shows. No, but nor- northern uh, <laughs> Northern California, yeah. remember there was that one spot? Oh, the barn. Yeah, the barn. Yeah, they it's would awesome. Do, they would do them oh, in Northern yeah. California as well. Like all the horse. Well, yeah, but shows. this was like a real barn. It wasn't that? That was a barn too, but I think yeah. that was this a, was a real barn that had horses in it. Yeah, yeah. The um, barn bashes and no no ground for the electricity because I remember. Playing a show and touching the bass and the Ooh. microphone at the same time and getting zapped oh, like two twenty oh, wow. volts. <laughs> like so we kind of took over that town in a sense. And then I think Todd much. Put it, started putting on skate jams. Like he was really good about reaching out to people. You remember Chuck Treese came and skated. And yeah, skated that's right. Yeah. Tom Morse was doing that. Yeah. Wow, like that's guys awesome. Built little half pipes uh, and Trevor, all around the town. Trevor's, Trevor's ramp. Got them all together and a bunch of skaters came and I think, I mean that was the first. Um, DIY thing I kind of saw yeah. for myself. It kind of demonstrated to me, oh, you don't have to be well-connected or famous or rich. Co- yeah. You can just reach out or to people. Or college degree. Yeah. You, you can just, just do this, reach yeah. out to people and like, set stuff up. Yeah, with no phones, really. Field of dreams. Just think about that now. But it's like, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we started putting those shows on. That was crazy having the ramps. And we had like a whole little crew of people just cruise around the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we went, and people thought we were freaks, for sure. Oh, yeah. Especially in high school, too. Oh, yeah. Especially. You, you went Billy to Great Most. Yeah, Billy Renzel. Yeah, shout out to Billy Renzel. <laughs> like your partner. Billy was a skinhead, brown true. Billy was a skinhead, pity back blue. Billy was a skinhead, Billy was my friend. Billy was a skinhead, get Billy. revenge. Shout out to Billy Renzel. It's a great song, man. I'll never forget shaving like a lightning bolt. Like, this is the designs in Billy Renzel's head in the apartment complex. And then we took spray paint markers and we colored them on his skin. We physically painted his skin. He had a cool haircut. But uh, I saw like Billy recently. He's doing great. Yeah, I saw him. Shout out to Billy Renzel. Yeah. He's you doing guys wear the cut off old man pants. Yeah. Plaid pants. We were original. We were original Nox hipsters. Yeah, thrift shops. Stick your hair up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just thrift shop clothes. It was awesome. Crazy. I had an awesome mullet hawk. <laughs> yeah, you did. Because <laughs> I had that thick, luxurious <laughs> hair. <laughs> but those are fun times in that town. We, we, we Like we said, we made it. We made that place for us. You know what I mean? It wasn't. Yeah. At first, we were the total outcasts. And then it became like. Kind of, we had our little spots. It was like our turf. Yeah. And if we you made think our fun. Yeah, yeah we made our fun. It was like it, it was. Uh, we turned something in negative into positive for yeah. sure. Because <laughs> I was like, like four a, years of like living in. We it was stressful. About it a lot. What? I mean, we grumbled. Like, commiserated. For sure. I think it was uh, for sure. misery. Get out of this fucking place. Yes. You know? And that's why we got to drive, go to DC. That was yeah. great. That was a great escape on the mm-hmm. weekends of the shows. 
Saw amazing like, shows. The Misery Loved Company. <laughs> it's like, and and uh, what was I going to say? It was uh, ideal blank canvas that mm-hmm. that town because there was really nothing going on. Nothing. Yeah, and so you could do there was, you and you you talk about youth programs and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. the only youth program was ship your kid off to church for the weekend and get rid of them, <laughs> <laughs> or ship it to military. <laughs> military. Yeah, military. Yeah, yeah, military. That's what my dad hoped for for me. That's what uncle hoped for us too. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. That was a mentality back then. I remember um, a guy, he was a Navy captain and um, bass player from Roadside Pets. It, yeah. was, it was her father. And he goes, what are you doing with your life? And I was like, I don't know. You know like, I'm 18 years old. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I want to play in a band. I want to do this. I want to do that. And he's like, well, you know what? You should think about joining the military. Because mm. right now, basically, the only asset you have is your youth. <laughs> mm. I'm like, thanks for recognizing that I may I have actually have a brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might have. I might have a shred of talent. And right. <laughs> I might be able Not to build things. <laughs> but so yeah. when did we start traveling? Going like I forgot what grade I was in. We started traveling to DC. Um, whenever like, we could get a ride. Like my first 85. shows in DC were, um, like Josh's dad would drive us. To That's right. In Baltimore mm-hmm. and Josh Lone, shout you out, brother. And then it was a big deal when I got my license because then I could drive. Us. Yes. But it was always about getting a ride with someone and smushing as many people. You had the, the golden ticket out of. You, you had the golden ticket for the weekend. <laughs> We'd all cram in your car and go to the shows. Yeah. So many great shows, man. Spend the night at Josh's house, and his mom would like put out little cots. They were super cool parents, man. Super cool. Videos, Bones Brigade. Yeah. Friday night videos, you know. Friday night videos. That was awesome. And we used to go to Wilson Center and uh, (laughs) where else? We go Marble Bar, Baltimore, Smash Records in DC was so awesome. Buy your shirts there. Yeah. Way before Hot Topic and all this shit. Commander Salamander. Commander Salamander. Georgetown. Do you remember when my car got locked in that parking lot? Uh-uh. What year was that? It was, one of the most it was sh- in high school, and I had my Mustang, and we drove to Georgetown and went record shopping all day, and we parked in some lot behind a building, and we come back, and there's a chain across the lot, and oh, my sh- car is the only one in there, and uh. I'm like, my dad's going to kill me. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so I remember we had a Mustang. Josh and one of you guys went around to a bike shop and got a little hacksaw. And came back in a hacksaw. Oh, shit. Ain't <laughs> 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 no so chains holding us home. back. <laughs> so punk. <laughs> Things my parents never knew. Yeah. Maybe we had a Mustang, though. That was sick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah those yeah. shows are great. We got, to, we got to see so many um, cool things in the beginnings out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the beginnings of Fugazi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were some of the earliest. They had lyric sheets yeah. and stuff. Embrace. Yeah. Embrace. Rites of Spring. Beef Eater. Marginal Man. Soul Side. Soul Side. King Face. Dag Nasty. Yep, with all nasty. the singers. Yeah. Uh, we said King Face already? King Face, yeah. Uh, government Issue. Government Issue. Black Bush Market Times. Baby. Black Market Baby. And when they... Um, so many. They came... Um, who's uh, was Sab scary Gray. What was Sab Gray's band? Sab Gray Iron, was in... Um, Cross. 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 some shows at the um, Utah Street Clubhouse yeah. in Baltimore. And some, yeah. some of those neighborhoods, like oh, the yeah, Wust and stuff, was scary back then. It was sketchy neighborhoods, man, by the Wust. Mm-hmm. Even Safari Wilson's Club. In it. Yeah, Safari Club, too, oh, yeah. Going on, oh yeah. So, yeah. We, we, so, we did you put shows on in Maryland too? Or was that just the barn bashes? Did you um, use the same I, I did one show at the base community center, that's right. <laughs> that's <laughs> that right, was the beginning of my show doing career, yeah. But I was still in high school then. Um, and then and I was doing my zine, and my zine was really just a way no scene zine, yes, because mm. we had no scene, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little did <laughs> we realize. And what were, you, what were you studying in school? Like, what did you want to do when you get out? I, did, I had no plan whatsoever. I didn't know people could be writers for a living. I didn't know what I wanted to do. 
I just wanted to move away and move to the big city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I graduated. Big dreams. And I yeah. moved to upstate New York where I still had cousins. And I was like, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to the city. I'm going to Syracuse. And I lived with my aunt <laughs> and her seven kids. And it like, was Syracuse. So Damn. <laughs> and I came home after like two or three months. I was like. This sucks. You mm. know, this, I did get out of St. Mary's County. Yeah. I was working at a record store, not really making many friends. And my cousins were like into heavy metal and drinking and drugs. And yeah. I, yeah. Like, I really don't have anything in common with them. Totally. So I came home and actually you were so excited, Toby, to yes. tell me that a girl who's into punk just moved to the county. Pam. And you introduced me to Pam and her friend Lisa. Came Where did she move there from? Oh, yeah. St. Louis. Okay. That's right. That's so right. She had done a college radio station there. And um and so we became best friends. We became roommates. She started doing the zine with me. Awesome. And then the zine was really just it was a way for a shy person to be able to talk to people. Yeah, shows, totally. You know? I could exchange zines with other zinesters. Check out my interview zine. Interview bands. Yeah. Can you sit down and talk to me <laughs> for a few minutes? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a place to put all my bad poetry and my friends' photos and stuff. So. It was always just something I did for fun. I might have wrote some shit in there too once or twice. You did record reviews. So oh I was shit! To find them before I came today. I did record reviews. That's yeah, awesome. Handwritten. Yeah, handwritten. Yeah, my handwriting's terrible. I saw a letter. <laughs> she showed me a letter that I wrote to somebody, Mike Bailey, about and Shauna mentioned in there, and, and my postcard to Shauna too. Oh, this is from when I first moved away. Mike Bailey. Mike, had oh to yeah. Tell, you, tell me that you cried. Shauna, Shauna sent me this postcard. <laughs> what year was this postcard? Do you think? I put Shauna. What's up, kid? Tours great, selling mad merchandise. Great responses, sold out shows, cool kids at rules. Moon came out here for today. Moon came out here for a couple of days. It was awesome. I'm in love again. How I felt when I haven't felt like this since I was in high school. Life rules. Hope you're having fun. Safe summer. We'll be back in July 17th. Hung out with Isaac and Mabel out here. It was great fun. Hot as fuck here. I'll get you an H to a baby shirt for girlies. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Peace and love, Toby. That's awesome. That was probably on your first big year. My first tour. tour. That was a Sick of It All tour. Yeah, that was a Sick of It All tour. Rusty for six weeks with Asiv. That was a big tour we did. It's a great fucking tour. (laughs) So we'd send postcards back then. That was like a two-month European tour that was, um, seemed, it took about two years to get through it. It was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, then my friend wrote Shauna Kinney a letter, um, my friend Mike Bailey, and at the very last paragraph said, I realized the day you left how good of friends you were with Toby. Maybe you could write me and tell me about your friendship. You know who <laughs> cried when you left? Uh, parentheses, Toby. <laughs> so he was selling some big secrets. He was dropping dime on me in this letter. That's so awesome. But the fanzines and all that shit was so cool. Like, I would, would never have that again. I'm, I'm, I know people have fanzines now, but just yeah. like, you couldn't like, now people like email or text somebody, hey, can we set up an interview? You just roll up to a show and be like, hey, I have a fanzine. We do an interview? Yeah. Like, they're off stage all sweaty. Can we do an interview with you? Like, sure. And yeah. usually people were cool about it. Yeah, it yeah. was like awesome. Take pictures, like, put out yourself, go to Kinko's and shit. Was that pre-Kinko's? Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually had my parents copy my fans. It was just copy at shops work. at work, too. Yeah. Or just copy yeah. shops. Get them in trouble. But, but yeah, but... It, <laughs> I, I wrote to Ian MacKay. And that's how I became... Me, too. We got postcards from back then, right? I, mean, I wrote to him and said, would you do an interview with me for my fanzine? And wow. My mom saw an interview with him in the Washington Post when Embrace first started. Yeah. And she was like, oh, that guy that you like from Minor Threat has a new band. How cool is that? Um, so she cut the article out, and I read the interview, and he said he answers all his fan mail. So he does. I was like, okay, I'm going to write to him. And I asked Test him it. if he would interview with, do an interview with me for my zine, and he was like, of course. So we did like a handwritten interview, 
And then he was like, if you see me at a show, by all means, come up and say hi. Yeah. And then I saw him at a show, I think before Fugazi, I saw him at a Henry Rollins show at the Marble Bar. And he, oh, is that there? We're talking entry. You guys were all like, Go talk to him. Go talk That's to him. That's right. Like you, you tried to force me to go introduce because I had like made contact. That was like 87, I think. 86, uh, yeah. And I was like, no, I was too shy. I was like, people are talking to him. I have to yeah, wait yeah. for the right moment. And then the next thing I know, Fugazi played at some church in Annapolis. I yeah, remember that too. Lost Icon and Images. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Rusty's band um, opened up for that, yeah. And yeah. then I finally introduced myself after much pressure. That's myself. awesome, man. <laughs> That's amazing. Those were, the, those were the good old days. You actually made connections at... <laughs> would kind of last. It wasn't just a fleeting, oh, hey. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Let's I mean, grab yeah, coffee. <laughs> I still have postcards. I save my postcards for him, too. He's been so ultimately supportive of everything mm -hmm. ever since then. Like, it's I awesome. I feel like we're friends now. But because of the way he acted and because he was so welcoming, I mean, that really showed me what punk rock was all about, you know? 100%. So that's what I yeah. expect from everyone. Now. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. kind of set the bar. And we're yeah. just people, though. Like, we're just humans, and we can... Nobody's above anybody. Nobody's like... Yeah. Yeah. No stages. These rock gods in front of us are like, to this human, you can, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So approachable. Mm -hmm. But not really. You, you could approach them anytime, but you're nervous. I get it. Yeah, I was shy. I mean, I was like a teenager. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, those, some of those shows were so fun. Those those drives, listening to music on the way on the way back and oh, just getting hours. stuck with the show. I mean, it would take yeah. like two hours to get back in the middle of the night. You know, yeah. Just windows open, radio blaring. You I know. Falling asleep. Oh, it's crazy, man. What was it? You remember skating at Crofton, that skate park that was shut down? Or yeah, Crofton Skate Park, yeah. And driving back at night and singing and honking the horn <laughs> to, to the sound <laughs> of the music because we're the only car on the road. Damn. And, and a, cop, a cop pulled us over. What are you guys doing? It's like, what's all the honking for? Why? I'm like, well, we're trying to stay awake. We're singing along to the music and we're honking the horn. And he's like, well, don't do that. You're disturbing, you're disturbing the peace. Peace of what? Like, There's nobody around. It's fucking trees. It's like, you never realized. How, how does that affect anything? So then when did you start doing the shows in D.C. at Safari Club? Um, Pam and I moved up to D.C. in like 88. Yeah. And I was in New York then because I would come back with the New York bands. Away. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we even went up to visit you. Yeah, once. for sure. Um, and we were looking for a place to have all ages shows, and we talked to the 9:30 club about it, and they weren't really interested because they couldn't sell alcohol during the day. Yeah. Um, and they just said it wouldn't be worth it to them. And we were just like scouting out locations. And I was dating this guy in Indian Summer, and Indian Summer played one night with Swizz at the Safari Club. Yeah. And then it turned out to be like this pay-to-play situation. Like all the bands were asked to pay fifty dollars for the sound man. And Swiss wow. took off, and Indian Summer, they were a new little band from Northern Virginia, and they were I trying that, yeah. to decide what to do, and somehow in the confusion, they all left and left me at the club, and I thought somebody was going to come back and get me. I thought like they were just going to get equipment or something, so wow. I ended up sitting at the club until 2 in the morning. Holy watching shit. horror movies, drinking cokes at the bar, talking to the owner. What? <laughs> oh, man. This is all in the Safari Club book, but... um. And calling Steve and, and getting the getting the <laughs> answering machine. Like, is someone coming back? And Damn. The metro's turned off. I called Pam. How old are you then? She's out with her boyfriend. 18. Damn. And um, so I have no way home. I have like $4 on my person. And the guy at the Safari Club runs a cab company out of the back of his. Go figure. <laughs> um. And so I get to talking to him. And I'm like, what do you do here on the week? What are you doing during the day on the weekends? I'm looking for a place to put on rock shows like all ages <laughs> rock shows no alcohol i had to explain yeah. the whole all ages thing to him 
he was like, sure, pick some dates and, s- and see what you can do. Damn. And then, and then he was like, he told one of his cab drivers to drive me home. And they That's wouldn't take sweet. any money. Wow. Super so sweet. Really There's good cool. people in the and world. I was excited to tell I broke up with that boyfriend. And then I was excited to tell Pam yeah. the next day, we have a place to do shows. That is awesome. And then the first show was like, like you I'm guys sorry. played the first show, right? Uh, images. Yeah. Um, I remember, you remember um, was Sick of It All on? on or Not that was later. Show. They, that was later. Our first show was Images, Plastic Toys from Southern Maryland. Yeah. And um, I can't who the third man was. But it was only like 75 people. But still, the club owner was like, okay, well, you know, we'll yeah. shut the door 50-50. And then the second show, you connected me to Gorilla Biscuits. Oh, that's right. And it was 400 people. That was a like, great Where show. Where the fuck did all these people come from? It was so like, Magical. scary That's awesome. Was that scary for you to book like out of town band and like. It wasn't. Was there a guarantee them. back then? Was it like we had no guarantees? We had no contracts. I never signed a contract wow. for a band in my whole life. That, 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 that's all word of mouth. That also shows how yeah. cool this music is too, and hardcore is. Oh, you yeah. can't do that now, yeah. but like, yeah, we can play. It sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. come play. Yeah, that's so fucking awesome. Just, like, call Toby's friend and ask him if they want to come play. Mm-hmm. That's know? so yeah. crazy. Did you ever work with Johnny Stiff? Was he with Murphy's Law? No, he's no. like New York, New York promoter guy who would. I remember the name, but yeah. I was—I think Murphy's Law had a manager, Jack Rabbit. Jack. Oh, Jack, the redheaded dude. He wanted us to sign a contract, and we were like, "We've yeah. never signed a contract before. We promise we'll give him fifty percent of That's the awesome. bar. We'll yeah. give him pizzas. just like your word is bonds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll give you, you pizzas. You can drink redhead. outside the club. And, um, yeah. And and they did. They played. Yeah, it was always it was always it was always word is bond though. They show up, we're gonna play that, that. That was like the hardcore community though. That was crazy. Super trustworthy, man. Yeah. Sleep on your couch, sleep whatever. And we did that for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, band stayed with so us. So Safari's run was two years. That's it. No, that was because it seemed like a long time. No, that was just me and Pam. Me and Pam yeah. got it going, and we did that for two years. I, and now when I look at the schedule, I'm like exhausted looking at it because how many we shows? Had shows every weekend and sometimes during the week. Damn. Like we got to the point, like we put our we put an ad in Max and Rock and Roll with our phone number. Don't ever do that. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't we ever got just tons of calls mm. from bands all over the world. Everybody. For those who don't know, people, Max wow. and Rock and Roll was almost like the the punk rock bible. Yeah. You could put ads in there, review shows in there, look for look for scene reports. Yeah, look but, um, for look for players in your band. Also, rest in peace because I think they just announced that they put out their last print issue. Mm. Oh, they were still going. Wow, that's amazing. Go that's an amazing run. Yeah. What's yeah. the what would be the digital equivalent to like amazing a run. rock and roll? Who knows, man? Wow, there's so many. It's so spread out. It's yeah. so spread out. It's so different now. Yeah. But yeah, the word got out, and we did it for two years. And then Pam was going to college, and I was like in a bad relationship <laughs> and <laughs> trying to get my shit together, still figuring out how to go to college. I yeah. wanted to go, but I didn't know how. Um, and so we moved on to do our own separate things, and um, John Cornerstone took over. Yeah, and yeah. And John Cornerstone, and I think Gabe Banner. And then the third set of promoters was Martin Castro Kay. and Ultra, I think. Well, I was that a couple. Of years. It went on so for a while. It went on to '98 until it wow. Yeah, we had some great shows out there. Great, it was super yeah. hot in there. Wasn't like mirrors on the wall around there. Yeah. Super hot. Yeah, leopard skin. Uh-huh. Yeah, the neighborhood. The neighborhood wasn't that safe. Safari theme. And there were like guys around like trash barrels warming their hands. Yeah, it was straight oh, like yeah. a movie, man. It was like a movie. Um, was it um, Mars Attacks that they filmed? The end right scene there, there? because the building was cut in half. Oh, funny! I didn't. I didn't know that either, us. Yeah, because um, <laughs> they basically were. I think they were demoing a building and they basically cut this ap- apartment complex in half, wow. and it was all bright colored rooms that were sheared. Oh, I didn't and know that. And it was not not far from um, the 
train station. Uh huh. Near the Chinatown metro. Yeah. It's a super trendy area now. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. imagine. I've been there in years. For sale for seven million dollars, but it's just a facade. Wow. It's all crumbled behind it. Uh, it's a mess. No I way. Yeah. That's. I think that happens everywhere. Yeah. It's like. The kids go where you're not supposed to be. Yeah. You cultivate a scene. Yeah. People get interested. In so <laughs> you 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 took care of us too, Sean. Like Rusty was like the father figure, mm-hmm. and you always took us on you wing too. But um, I didn't know until way way later in life until you put this book out. You were a teenage dominatrix. <laughs> so I, I knew nothing about that of of you. Yeah, nor should you have. Nor should I have. <laughs> but when was wh- was that happening while we were all hanging out? Like, because you were decent. Happening toward the end of Safari Club, I was dabbling. So how old were like you then? Nineteen. Okay. Yeah, and then I didn't really get into it. In the DC scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and how'd you find that? The city paper. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Wait a second. Ad that said, "Get paid to be a bitch." <laughs> and I was like, "Are oh. you fucking serious?" Yeah, like, damn. And you didn't know what it meant. No, I was like, "Hmm, what does that mean?" I've been called a bitch before. We just look. <laughs> we just looking for a job. Yeah, and I actually had a friend, so I kind of dabbled at first, but I had a friend who had a sister who was a dom. Okay. And so Did I you even know what that was at no, that time? No, I asked her a million questions. Like, I'm like, what? You don't have sex with them? And what are you doing? They're paying your bills and all of this stuff. I see all the stuff that her sister's doing. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could do that. And I sat in on a few sessions with her sister. And like, my mind was blown. I was like dying laughing, trying not to laugh yeah. in their faces. But I was like, I can't believe this is a thing. Like, you know, I didn't know that this this world existed. Sexuality existed. Like, yeah. I'm just coming into my own mind. There's like dungeons and show around. <laughs> yeah. So then I answered the ad in the paper and I, I like apprenticed at a dungeon in Northern Virginia. So what is your apprentice? Wow. What is that like to apprentice <laughs> to be a dominatrix? I know. It's like I'm you're an to a tattoo apprentice, learn how to tattoo. Well, you're not allowed to do anything at first. Like I had to go Observe. in with the headmistress and watch her spank people, put ice cubes up their butts, humiliate them. Ice cubes up their butts? <laughs> yes. He needs to chill. Did you read my book? <laughs> I was scared. So I'll keep it 100. Because <laughs> you're my friend. I'll listen to the is there an audio book of it. There is. Okay, I'll do that. It's narrated by a personal I suck, actor. Too. I'm gonna keep it right. I suck at reading, but I can do audio books. Okay, That's good. Okay. <laughs> But I never get to talk to you about it. I really want glad we talk about it now. So you learned how to put ice cube up somebody's butt. You yeah. saw how to whip people and not really hurt people. I mean, I guess. Yeah, the, like not draw blood and use the Is there a part. limit that's like actually violence? Like you could get arrested well, some for. Some people are into corporal punishment and some people are just into light spanky spanky or like verbal humiliation. Um, it really depends. And then there were laws about like dildo use and stuff in D.C. and Maryland and Virginia. But I didn't do that. Yeah. I wasn't into that. Yeah. I was like. And was it weird after that. you finished your shift going home to get the thoughts out of head of what had occurred that <laughs> evening? <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For years, I don't How long did you do it for? Um, almost five years. And I Holy think I shit. really didn't date. Uh, this was after I broke up with that bad boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really didn't date for a few years because I was like, how do I explain this? Wow. To anybody I date. Like, I'm not. This isn't. I wasn't like a lifestyle dominatrix. It was a job. Yeah. And it was a way to pay for college. I'm sure it paid um, good, yeah. So, like, I was a nanny to 
while I was when I first went to college, I was a live-in nanny. Yeah. I was a hotline operator at America's Most Wanted. I was. Like, oh shit! <laughs> I was interning. You know that Rusty? Channel. That's sick. One eight hundred Crime TV. Holy um, shit! So I was just juggling all these jobs. My parents are very blue-collar, working class. Neither one of them graduated from high school, so I really didn't have any guidance. Yeah. On how to figure out the whole college. Got thing. you. Um. So. Yeah, I ended up like getting financial aid and then doing this weird job to pay for the rest of it. What, so what did people think you were doing at that time? Um, I worked a little part-time. Uh, so your parents really didn't But also my parents were out of um, my life because my parents had disowned me at a pretty young age because um, I was in an interracial relationship, which I think you knew. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Oh, um, shit, that's true. Yeah, so they were not in touch with me. For how many years did that last? A few years. Um, and then what, 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 like what I met Rich in 95 and I just started talking to my parents again. Wow. And then they did come to my wedding in 2002 and that was a big question whether they would come or not, but mm. we made amends. All that's worked out now. Yeah, I mean, it meant yeah. pops before everything. Yeah. 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 That's also made it. Yeah. Um, interest. But, that's, that's yeah, heavy. They just weren't in my life. So I really didn't have any, I mean, even if they were in my life, I wouldn't have had the financial support. Did you feel rebelliousness out. maybe because of. Your parents had cut you off from your relationship. Maybe you're like, fuck everything. You just got to do what I want. Did you feel like that was almost rebel of taking that job? Try something different? Because it wasn't really... Not consciously, but I think I was just always open. Yeah. Like, I was curious. I was yeah. like, ooh, this whole other underworld exists. Yeah. Let me examine it like an anthropologist. Yeah. You know, I was a writer. I'm interested in other people. I'm a journalist. So the whole time that I was on Dominatrix, I was writing... Yeah. School paper. I started pitching stories to big music magazines and skateboarding magazines. So yeah, like kind of honing that side of myself. Yeah, and just making money from the other shit. But yeah, yeah, Yeah. but doing the stuff that I love. And that was a straight job. You just shut it off, and then my plan was to quit as soon as I graduated, and I did. Awesome. Graduated in '95, and that's when I quit. I met Rich the last year of doming. Okay. My last year of college, and I was like, I don't have time for a relationship. Like, I was really mean to him. Oh, shit. And and I was like, I'm getting ready to graduate, and then I'm going backpacking through Europe with a bunch of friends, and then I'm moving to California. I had this plan. And Mm -hmm. he was like, well, I'm going with you. That's awesome. And he saved his money, and we went backpacking. All my friends didn't have their money together when it came time to backpack. Wow. So we went backpacking together all through Europe. That's amazing. I've been sort of dating these Two other guys, like before I left, and when I came two back, other guys, <laughs> damn, Shauna, like, like just like loosely dating, you know. Yeah. And then I came back from Europe, and I was like, "Why am I wasting my time with these fools? Like, I spent yeah. the best time with this guy. That's we didn't dope. fight once in five weeks. Yeah, it says a lot. The world, yeah, know? that says a lot. If you can so. travel, the world. so you completely cut off that life and, and never look back after doing that. Nope. Wow, straight up job. I like that. Yeah. Some people get caught up in that too. It's, it's work sex work is work and i know i mean we didn't even use that term back then yeah like i never heard sex work yeah um, but i know that that's what they call it now um, yeah so yeah it's that's it's, in, it's interesting it's silly and it was fun and it taught me a lot um did your parents find out about everything when the book came out obviously yeah i talked to them oh, well you know i kind of wrote the book in a very naive way like thinking no one would read it mm. a small publisher was putting it out um, and I wasn't sure that anyone would read it, you know. Yeah. And then I started. I did a book tour, and it started to get a lot of publicity. And I was like, you know, I better talk to my parents about this before they find like out their neighbors do or something. You know, like yeah, that's a terrible way to find horrible. Out, you know, so 
Um, yeah, when the Washingtonian magazine wanted to do an interview with me in 2020 is calling me, I'm like, I better talk to my Holy dad. shit. So the book really did well and blew up um, for you. Yeah. So so then I told them, and I told my mom, you don't have to read it. I'd prefer you don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she like, read 10 pages and called This me. is after they forgave you about their yeah. the relationship. <laughs> yeah. And now there's a book. List again. <laughs> um, yeah, so they didn't really understand. They're pretty yeah. strict Catholic military mm. family conservative lives oh, in a yeah. small town still so they were pretty ashamed um and i feel bad about that but yeah i also don't feel ashamed of my own experience and i feel like it's my truth and i'm entitled to tell it yeah you know totally um, and now i teach memoir and i have to like share that message with my students too <laughs> is stella gonna be on still still on the <laughs> microphone right now i was gonna say stella <laughs> listen to stella stella She's biting the microphone. Stella, you can't bite the microphone. Listen to her. All right, stop, stop, Stella. Um, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, when I first when I first saw that, I was like, oh, "Can you take a picture of somebody? What is going on here?" <laughs> Stella's Stella's trying to bite the microphone. For us to get this. For us to look at Stella. Take the mic to Stella. <laughs> Stella, what are you doing? I'm, do I'm doing a podcast right now. Get out of here. Um, so Sean is so. Okay, so. Let's get back to the. Oh, sorry, Stella. Let's get back to the dominatrix stuff. So, <laughs> so that's all done. You meet your man, Rich, and I guess we've been together for almost 20, 24, 24 years. years. Yeah. yeah, crazy. And then, as most recently, you released a book about Safari Club. Yeah. Which I'm honored to be a part of. Yes. Um, when did that come out? It came out two years ago. Oh wow! It seems that seems like yesterday. Yeah, rare bird. Rare Bird Books. But we just did an interview with a Spanish, a magazine in Spain called Staff uh -huh. about it, and a French magazine. They wanted to interview us about Straight Edge. That's awesome. So. Do you have any more plans for new books? Yes. I'm working on a book about writing right now. Okay. Upside Down and Backwards, because basically that's how I've done everything in my life. Like upside Down and Backwards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, like all of us, we there's no path laid out for you when mm. you are a creative person. Yeah. You know? You and we didn't come from... I didn't come from necessarily creative family or Me either. privileged family. Me either. Um, None of us did. So you yeah. kind of have to figure it out for yourselves. Yeah. You're in the arts, it's, it's really... Uh, do, you, do you thank punk rock for your skills in writing, or, or is it from actually going to college? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was a writer before I went to college. Yeah. I think I was naturally a writer. Like, that's, like you said, you just gravitate toward what you're good at. Yeah. And you keep yeah. doing more and more of that. Yeah. Um, but punk rock... Um, I credit for my DIY ethos. Your values and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I appreciate the care that a small publisher puts into my work probably more than, than a major publisher. I've had yeah. the, for the good fortune of being put out on different size publishers and majors and indies. And, yeah. Um, and I understand that difference, I think, maybe because of punk rock. Yeah. And I wasn't... My first book came out on a really small press, and I wasn't afraid to pick up the phone, book my own book tour. It's awesome. In cities where I can stay on friends' couches. Wow. Write my own press release, do my interviews. It's you know, amazing. All, I learned all of that from punk rock. And yeah. From booking bands too. Yeah. What do, what do you think draw all three like draw, like drew all three of us to punk rock? Like we both grew up in families that are kind of Catholic. They weren't really that strict. We had we had we had Rusty was kind of out in the streets really young. Mm -hmm. My mom was working three jobs, so my brothers and I were out going to shows. You were out doing your thing. My family was really stressed. <laughs> 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 so how? So how? Yeah, but so how? But you, <laughs> you, ended, but, that bad. but you still got to do what you want and yeah. go to shows and stuff. Yeah, 
Your sister wasn't into any of this stuff, right? No, she was into heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> she had the claw hair, dude. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Peacock. Um, <laughs> we got along. We were just into different things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. did your parents realize that, like, what you were doing, like, as far as the fans eating, putting on shows, it was actually something creative and something keeping you out of real trouble? Yeah, I think they saw it as pretty wholesome. Like, yeah. especially when I showed my mom the lyrics to Straight Edge, and yeah, you know, I would show her some of the fan lyrics and show. Yeah. Her, so even though she was like, "Why are they so angry? They sound terrible." Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but like, and also she knew and loved you, and she knew all yeah. my friends, and she knew if I was with my we're all safe, my group of friends, then. Maybe. We're safe. Yeah, we're not fucking getting wild and getting drunk. and that We weren't out getting high. Yeah. Know? I could spend the night at Josh's house. You know, you could come over and eat at my house. Totally. It's like, uh, it was very safe. I realize one parallel we all share is um, moving from the northeast to southeast. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's like up oh, yeah. upstate yeah. New York. We were, we were up oh, we all came from the north. Yeah. yeah. We weren't. Yeah, we weren't um, we born were, there. We born weren't originally there, yeah. which is kind of hard when you come in. I remember 100%. being a kid and feeling intimidated because everyone had gone to school together since mm -hmm. they were kids. Yeah, and some of them, their families have been counties for three hundred years. Yeah, and it was very, it was southern, so very segregated. Yeah. It was very segregated yeah. Yeah, county. Right. Yeah, my mom true. talks about that being like a northern white woman going there, oh, yeah. running oh, a, a complex yeah. with a bunch of old. Old white man who was just like, who the fuck's this lady? You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Forty-five minutes from DC, and people were calling you a Yankee. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> maybe go forty minutes. Go forty-five minutes from from here somewhere. It's yeah. totally different too. Oh yeah, desert, yeah. just different kind of you know. Yeah, Inland Empire. Do you yeah. remember this in high school? Um, there was a an incident in high school wherein you were waiting in line for the water fountain, and there was a big black guy um, named Kenny Hebb. <laughs> You could edit his name out. No, I was going to listen. But um, he got a sip of water, and he turned around and spit water in your face. And he said, my grandfather told me to hate white people. And you were like, that's cool. Oh, and yeah. I walked away. And I just. I, oh, my God, my dude. My heart sunk, but I, I kind of loved your reaction. Like, you, like you're not a fighter, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and something inside you, like, understood where he was coming from, as horrible as Yeah, that's made was. me sad. I, I don't remember that shit. Do you remember it at all? I don't, but Kenny yeah. Webb, if you're listening, man. Heb. Kenny Hebb. <laughs> wow. I hope you don't hate. So That's yeah. crazy. That's, that's a crazy that's story, Sasha. That's a crazy story, Shauna. Yeah. When, when you used to come home from school and we would sit around the coffee table and you would tell stories and you would tell them in a, a funny way, like try to joke about. And that was that was definitely one of the things that you mentioned when you came home. Wow. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, and, you know, this guy told me this. And I was like. Whoa. He spit water in my face, huh? People yeah. fucked with you guys, too, for a looking lot. weird. Totally, Billy, man. Especially. Yeah, but just like a short haircut. Maybe some Vans. <laughs> mm -hmm. Checkered oh, yeah. Vans or orange Converse the or like dicky pants. The bleach rat tail. <laughs> yeah. Or like, or, but just like a safety pin, too, though, you know? Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Holy shit, Sean. That's a crazy story. I forgot all about that, man. Mm -hmm. Maybe I blocked that shit out because it, it sucks. Negative, yeah. Were you there when Rusty got in the big fight at the school? Was it? The famous fight? Game? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I sort of remember that. Yeah, Rock, we told that story in, the, in this episode. It was intense, yeah. man. It was just that was a scary time, man. I feel like it's everybody versus us always at any moment there in that town. It's de it definitely had a um, it had a us, us versus some tensions. them. But I mean, even outside of town, at the clubhouse, one time we were leaving a show. I think it was I don't know if it was Descendants. It was like eighty five, eighty six, and some homeless guy was waving a knife in our faces, and you like. 
I remember that. Him off so that we could all get to the car. That's yeah. right, Russ. You were like the defender, like the <laughs> father <laughs> figure. Oh He's yeah. always like, go get Rusty. Rusty, Rusty <laughs> survived a fucking gunshot. He could uh, survive he's anything. Tough guy. Yeah, what, what's what's gonna be what's gonna happen after that? You know what I mean? Like, what could possibly yeah. well, affect Rusty? Exactly. Like, yeah. Body's been through some. You you were like invincible to us, Rusty, for yeah. sure. It's funny though when I broke, I had I had two casts, broken arms, and I remember being out, outside the teen scene, mm-hmm. and a guy came up to me and he goes. What are you gonna do with those two broken arms? <laughs> and I'm like he went, actually wanted to, he wanted to fight me, and oh I got two arms and a cast, and I was like, "Well, this, if I hit you in the head with this cast, it's, it's gonna knock you. It's definitely out. gonna hurt. <laughs> it's, that's what I'm gonna do." So back. It's up. crazy because I, I I didn't experience violence in Rhode Island or Taunton, mm. and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Until we got there, it was just like. And it's crazy because it was because so we were with people that were same like minded in Rhode Island with like in Providence and Newport with Verbal Salt and all these bands. Mm-hmm. Then we grew up with so we were skaters and punk rockers who went to thrift, star, thrift stores. Then we came to the South and it was like, fuck, we're like aliens, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just we were straight up aliens there. It's like we built the launch ramp and we would drag it to the big open parking lot. Yeah. And rednecks would roll around in their muscle cars, revving the engine and be like, hey, snowball. <laughs> How about I beat you in the head with his tire iron? Oh, yeah, they would talk <laughs> shit to us. They'd be like, okay. <laughs> I was just writing a script, and um, I wanted to put this part in about rednecks in a truck throwing beer cans at some teenage girls. Mm. And my co-writer actually was like, that doesn't happen. That nah, happens. dude. And I was like, where did you grow up? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that stuff happened all the Every time. Day. Like, Every day. Every Friday yeah. night, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't think it was believable. Wow. Yeah. And, where, and where I was living in the, where it was a little deeper country than Lexington Park. Yeah. It didn't matter what color you were. If you had beef, you would pull over to the side of the road and open your trunk and pull out a shotgun. Oh, my And God. wave it around like, hey. Yeah. How about I fucking blast you? And you're like. No, <laughs> you'd run and run, jump, jump the, jump off the street and run through the woods. But yeah, but we all we all looked yeah, out for each scary. other for sure, man. Yeah, that's how my friends got like family came from that whole fucking living in Maryland, dude. Hundred mm-hmm. percent because we had each other, you know, had each other's back. It was crazy. It was core cool. parents let us go out and do all this shit. It looked crazy to them, but in reality, it was actually creative shit and fun stuff, you know. Yeah, like getting inspired by good music and skating and learning tricks. Yeah. Keeping us away from peer pressure and like it wasn't that dangerous. Yeah, the keg parties and shit. Yeah. I do remember going to keg parties with I don't know if it was <laughs> one of you guys or someone. And I sometimes I would collect the, uh, money like, hey, Toby's gonna go to to- we're gonna send Toby around <laughs> to get beer run. He's gonna go to beer run, so Toby's gonna collect all the money from everybody and he's gonna bring it to us. We get the beer and sometimes I would take all the money and I would fucking go home. <laughs> <laughs> and I would take all that money and I buy a skateboard. I could buy a skateboard. Yeah. yeah, I'd fucking run and have all that beer oh, money and bounce. Yeah. She's Do you skating. remember the big party that me and my sister had and got in big trouble for? I remember the big party, yeah. W- you, where was you it at? in the Hodads, were you? No, no, no that was Todd. But I remember. The Hodads between Roadside Pets and Outcrowd. Outcrowd, the Hodads, ladies and gentlemen. And my parents were going out of town. Whatever that meant. So uh, Hodads played in Solomon's Island that day for the opening of some surf shop or something. Mm-hmm. And Todd announced the party. Like outside to all these strangers. What? And <laughs> me and my sister up. invited all our friends. There were like 500 people in our house. There were like rednecks smoking Love Boat at our dining room table. <laughs> oh and I my was like, god! Where did these people come from? And it was Shauna. Can, can you explain to your listeners what Love Boat is? <laughs> <laughs> what is the that fuck? A Maryland is thing? <laughs> what is Love Boat? That was like a laced Isn't weed. It like, That's um, what you, you used yeah. to you used to smoke. Pop. Dipped in PCP. Yeah. Holy or, shit. The so shit you smoked when you would go to a, a go-go show and, and listen to EU. And yeah. Or <laughs> Trouble sitting funk. at my dining room table. 
So like and like things were getting broken and the band played in the backyard. People were dancing up and down on the bottom of a boat that my dad had just bought. Oh and my some, god. One of my sister's jock friends like broke a picture frame, the back screen door it's got like broken. a fucking movie from the 80s yeah, it was. And, then. and so everyone finally left and the next day my sister and i get up early and start scrubbing sh- scrubbing like the a walls, movie you know oh, fixing man. stuff up we're like Risky okay business. we're gonna go to the drugstore and get some more cleaning products and get a picture frame to replace this and i don't know what came over me but when we were out in the park at the drugstore i was i used the payphone and just called home i was like my sister's like what are you doing and i was like i just want to call home why I don't. I just had a feeling that my parents came home. Early. Oh my god! And my dad answered the phone, and I was like, "Hey, dad." He's like, "Don't you fucking hey, dad me? <laughs> Get your ass home right now!" <laughs> 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 I'm up, start crying. I told my sister, "They're home." Um, oh my god! So we god. got in so much trouble, and then Todd came later uh, that day to get the equipment out of the garage, and my dad's like, "Nobody's getting their fucking equipment until somebody pays for my screen door." Oh, oh wow. shit! And, I, and Todd just like the ho dad, the ho dad's got you, hey dadded. <laughs> I was so mortified. <laughs> Holy so shit! I, and then we went to school on Monday, and there was a psycho- psychology teacher who was really cool. I don't know if you remember Mr. V. I don't know if that was his name. Mm. There was a really cool psychology teacher. He had a coffee can on his desk, and he's like, he started teasing me in class, and he's like, oh, I heard you had a big party over the weekend. And he's like, I'm going to make t-shirts that say, I survived Shauna and Missy's party. And then he was like, but I also heard that you had a screen door broken, so if anybody wants to contribute to the fund to pay for your screen door... Yeah. No way. <laughs> At the end of the week, he gave me $60. That's awesome. That's fucking awesome. And I gave it to my dad, and he let Todd come get his equipment. What, wow. a, great, what a great teacher, <laughs> man. <laughs> he got the equipment out of hock. I know. Can you believe that? Does anybody know I what the hodads means? Hodads, surf. I think it's like a, it's a surf, surf turn. Oh, it is? Yeah, don't be a hodad. <laughs> Damn, don't fuck with your dad. <laughs> I know. You got to ask your brother because he had the... The blonde curly locks, surfer locks cut to a V. You remember that? Yeah, and the yeah, newspaper Enterprise. clipping. The next Enterprise week, we got to cover the newspaper. Enterprise. <laughs> that was a claim to fame in the Enterprise. Oh. Um, surf, yeah, I do, but that party was straight up game. 80s, though. That was fucking... I know. People dancing, hitting their heads on the lights below the fans. So it's all Tom Morse's fault. He, he said that on uh, on stage. <laughs> Come to this party. <laughs> There's no phones or nothing yeah. either back then. So it's just like, oh whatever God. he says right now, we're going to go there, and hopefully it's actually going to happen. Yeah. Because there's no f- way to get into contact with people. So. Wow. So I got in trouble for that was, was dumb that, stuff was all the, the time. Yeah, was that yeah. the end of the hodads? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they <laughs> went from the hodads to um, the owl crowd. That's right. Oh, yeah. Somehow we found our friend out there. <laughs> I have to get him on the podcast, too, right? <laughs> he called in already on the other episode, but Aww. how we met him, brought him into our life. Uh, um, so we, as you pump the hodads? Yeah, so according to Urban Dictionary... <laughs> what, read it out loud. Which may not be a reputable source, I have to say, as a professor. Yeah, so, yeah Sean's well, a writer, man. Hodads. This is funny because it's a Hodads 50s terms for for a greaser, someone who hung out at the beach. That's oh. totally... That's totally... Yeah. Hodads were into cars, music, and were a type of counterculture. These were not posers, oh. as some of that. the other definitions had stated. Oh. So that's surfers, awesome. So surfers and Hodads would... Were com- would be completely different groups hmm. that often clashed with each other. Interesting. Hey, so knew? the Hodads are like a surf gang. Yeah. 
Who, they would County. fight surfers. <laughs> but my question is, uh, who surfed in St. Mary's County? Would he go surfing in Maryland, St. Mary's County? And second of all, which one of those guys actually looked up that definition and named the band? I'm really curious, yeah, this man. This is a good name. Probably Keith, <laughs> Keith Manuel. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in the band. That's yeah. right. Possibly. Yeah, we're hodads. Or maybe your brother. <laughs> that's really cool. Or maybe they both would get high and <laughs> talk about... Tom Morris, we need, have you, we need to have you call in and clarify this hodad situation. <laughs> but so it was the hodads, then it was our crowd for sure. Mm. Roadside Pets was before before, before hodads, yeah. yeah. Well before, mm. and that was a great band, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening, Google anything Roadside Pets. Uh, they had great songs. With a Z. Such a great yeah. first. Uh, that first pumped. cassette you guys put out was so good. Take yeah. two, yeah. so great. Such great songs on there, man. It's funny. I would love to have the uh, the second recording because um, we did. Say we did twelve more songs that never got released. That's right. I remember. I remember those songs. There's some, oh. there's some great songs. In, in, uh, yeah, good, good riffs. I think. Shout out to Johnny Brian. Shout out to shout out to Johnny Brian. We probably borrowed a few. Punk band. Yeah. Only punk band in Maryland back yeah. then. Yeah, ever down there. Yeah. Wow. From St. Mary's County. That's the first punk band that I saw play live. If I think about it. Yeah, Roadside Pets, and we had two singers. Oh yeah. <laughs> Before, before Fugazi. Bass. Yeah, she before. Was rad. I looked up to her. Oh, oh Tina Downey, yeah, oh. girl bass, bass player. Was also Rusty's girlfriend. Yeah. I and started Ru- playing bass not long after that because I thought she was so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So that was pretty cool, man. I think we covered a lot of things on this uh, today. <laughs> we covered all the highs and lows, the happy, the sadness. Um, <laughs> got down to the dominatrix life. Um, <laughs> the fans and got gotten low to Rusty's early, early, early life of Rusty Pistachio. Kind of depressing. My depressing childhood. Not at all. Stella. <laughs> the things that formed you. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rusty, is there anything, anything, one more thing, Rusty. Um, so as like a grown man now, how old are you, 50 what? 55. Is there, is there, is there any day where you, I mean, do you think about you got shot like every day of your life or is it something you kind of block out? <laughs> um, I'm going to say, is it a trauma, traumatic incident where it comes up? Do you have nightmares? Is like, does it ever come flashback? Thing that stuff happens to you? Oh yeah, yeah. It's super traumatic. It's weird. There's a reoccurring dream where it's like um, walking down the street, you know, out in front of my house. Yeah. And I um, I see the kid. I see the kid who shot me, and we're we're both like teenagers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey man, what's up?" And I'll be like, oh, "Hey, what's up, buddy?" And then um, he'll be, he'll he'll disappear, and then I'll feel like these dark clouds. Dark clouds, almost like all forming around me, and I'll be like, "Whoa, I'm here alone." All these dark clouds are rolling up, and I look, I turn around, and then he's standing, standing there with a gun, shoots yeah. me again. Wow. So it's like it was weird, like a weird reoccurring dream for a long time. Did you have a heavy um, anti-gun mentality for a long time, or it's, um, it's I don't have a, I don't have an anti anti-gun, but I do have like a if 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 the red flags go off, like this person is. You know, got problems. That person should not have a gun. Yeah. And if you do own a responsible gun, gun ownership, like you know, keep that, keep it locked up and keep it away. Don't have it anywhere where you know your kids are going to be able to get a hold of it. Yeah. And I know um, there's a every town is it every town USA? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, and uh, they try to help. Um, they try to lobby against lo- gun yeah. lobbyists and bring awareness and. They'll tell a lot of stories, and a lot of the stories that they tell are about you know, parents who have lost children. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like um, that's we'll th- you move that shit. Yeah. So one thing I can say it's like um, I didn't shoot pool for a long time. Yeah. Because it was just too weird to think about holding a pool cue and getting blasted with a forty-four magnum, mm. and I 
didn't, you know, I grew up, I took the hunter safety courses. I grew up around guns and I understood how to pull them apart, put them together and complete gun safety. I understood. Yeah. You know, my dad was a strong advocate for gun safety and, you know, just know what you're dealing with. And, yeah. um, it's like for the longest time I thought I had a feeling if I touched a gun or picked up a gun that your, you know, your brain, um, if you have a fear of heights and you're standing at the edge of a building, mm-hmm. your your urge is to jump instead of step back from oh, because yeah because yeah. your brain is wired and you want to just you know, get rid of that pain or that or that discomfort. And for a long time, I thought if I even picked up a gun, I would probably put it to my head or something or, or shoot myself with it. But um, yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's definitely there's a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder that comes with it because um you know recently when um great mills high school the shooting went there in, yeah the guy went in and, really and tried to that shoot was so him. insane man and uh. i mean it started with uh columbine you know when mm-hmm. columbine you, you hear about a kid in a trench coat going in and blasting other students and that immediately it's like it shuts me down it's like mm-hmm. fuck i'm not safe you know, yeah and i find myself you know if i'm riding my motorcycle i'm driving my car you know, if people are cutting me off or doing something, it's almost like I revert back to that I need to safety and I need to save myself. And nobody gives a fuck. And I gotta, yeah. You know, so Russ is weird. an incredible driver, but also a really scary driver. Like, we've had a lot of crazy <laughs> like driving straight straight into a fucking hurricane on tour. Russ is just fucking the coming, the fearless. clouds are coming towards driver. you. <laughs> like. Aww. But he's, oh, fe- he's a fearless, but he's a great job. He's also scary. Because yes. a, lot of, a, lot of a lot of the laws that every citizen has to abide by, Rusty just avoids those. Ru- Rusty doesn't <laughs> yeah, like a lot of the laws. The laws, <laughs> the laws of survival. <laughs> point A to point B, survival. And he's got zero, he's got zero patience. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, but you're a great driver. Like, you're our driver. You've driven on every tour. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're a safe guy. But we've driven through fucking ice storms, oh, blizzards, man. hurricanes. hurricanes Rusty at the wheel, like, just fucking going. Uh, you remember the, the last... The last last Midwest tour we did, where um, we were dri- driving through hurricane or, or me and Max were like in the back of alley or whatever on, they call like it. shitting our pants. They evacuated um, the was it Chicago the the dome yeah in, yeah yeah in Chicago yeah they evacuated that and we were on our way there oh. <laughs> and there was like on the radio it was like if you're in this town get out yeah. and <laughs> we're in that town and Russ <laughs> is like yeah. and in, it was in, crazy you know Toby was scared yes me and, and Max were <laughs> in the back of the seatbelt on I had Max yes. fucking shitting ourselves and the crazy the crazy thing was where it, when it started raining and you couldn't see anything and then all of a sudden you see a tractor trailer turned over on its yeah. side in front of you and it's like holy shit this is like uh, Mad Max shit and um, you, it started we that 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 run started with an emergency broadcast yes. and we're like we gotta get from point A to point B as quick as possible because there's tornadoes that are gonna be touching down all along the way yeah. turns out it was 50 I think 50 or 60 tornadoes had touched down in a 20-mile radius, 25-mile radius. Crazy, we man. Were. They missed you. That's and, and the crazy thing is when you look out the window, I even took a picture, the, the sky turns yellow like this weird, uh, not like a bright sunshine yellow, but this weird, um, yeah, like a, um, what do you say, um, uh, jaundice. Oh, my God. <laughs> jaundice <laughs> Jaundice <sky>. yellow. <laughs> And um, uh. and a lot of power lines where we had to turn yeah. off the road because the power lines were draped over the overpasses. And mm. My final thing is that it's crazy that none of us were born in Maryland. We all mm. met in Maryland, 
And now we are all together growing old in California. I know. It's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, it's crazy we're all out here together. It's pretty crazy. I guarantee, given um, skating, punk rock, music, and there was probably like a... It drew us together in the first place. Probably a California dream. Since but we yeah, California chilled. kind of romanticized. Yeah. And we've yeah. all lived in New York. Yeah. Sunshine, yeah. You know what I mean? Like skating, yeah. music. We tried that. Yeah. <laughs> that was good when we had it. It was good. Yeah, New York was awesome. Yeah, it was great. And I was actually conceived in California. My dad was in the oh, Navy wow. and stationed in Long Beach. Oh, wow. And Your my roots. mom was pregnant, pregnant with me here, and she met a nice nurse named Shauna, and that's where I got my No name. way. Uh, and then that's my dad awesome. got sent to Vietnam, so they drove cross country, ran out of money, like had to go to the Red Cross to get money for gas. Wow. Um, Holy shit. That's where things were. Went back to upstate New York where they're from so that my mom could have the baby near her dad Yeah. while my dad was in Vietnam. So yeah. I always kind of had this That's interesting. idea in my mind that I belong in California. <laughs> yeah, Todd said something <laughs> funny too. Like when we were in Maryland, we had like our bleached hair. We loved like we Thrasher loved Mag, Surfer Mag, California. the whole dads. Everything was California based but we lived in Maryland. <laughs> yeah. And then we finally get out here, and Todd's like, and Todd's like, now we live here. We don't even surf. We don't do anything California here. Then we go to the beach, really. No, we're pretty California dreaming. We're pretty veganish. Yeah, California. Yeah, I do my soul side. Dog friendly. I do yoga with my dog. Doga. So yeah, I think we covered a lot of great things today. Shauna had a lot of photos we looked at, and some letters, some. Some embarrassing emotional memories. Things. This amazing painting that I made, Shauna. <laughs> it's like all f- it's all flowers I made it. Hippies. I'm gonna take a picture and post this. Actually, I drew I that and it. give it to Shauna. Thanks, for, thanks for keeping all this shit too. It's amazing, man. Oh, I love it so much. And um, you guys were like brothers to me. Yeah. Like, important part of my upbringing. Yeah. You know, Rusty was like a dad too. Showed me what good emo men could be. <laughs> <laughs> And we got to experience original Man emo. To care. <laughs> I know. We actually got to witness <laughs> live emo, emo yeah. real emo. Yeah. yeah. Not what people. Flowers on stage, now. like uh, re- yeah, yeah, not now. Not what it turned crying. into. Moss icon. Yeah. <laughs> Beef eater, rice of spring, yeah. and all that. What? Ignition. Yeah, ignition. Yeah. Yeah. Shows. yeah. yeah. I always loved Soulside so much, man. Soulside was so amazing. Do you remember seeing Soulside when they? I think they just changed their name from Lunch Meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DC Space. Probably with you, yeah. Yeah, and Josh. I think it's Josh's Because he had a little bleach tear at first, and he came out with the dreads for Soulside. It was yeah. awesome. Uh, he still has dreads, too, I heard. Yep. DC awesome. Space. We DC played there Space was great. Oh, yeah. Years ago, and um, it was a Chuck, Chuck Treese, uh-huh. and, and Russ were standing outside, and this car rolled up, and they're like, hey, do you know where I can find this? And they're like, uh, I don't know. We're not from around here. And they, the minute they put their hands up. All these eggs came flying out of the car, and they basically egged, egged underdog right oh, really? in front of in front of DC space. <laughs> no I'm way! Sorry, underdog, that happened in our city. It's all Shauna's fault. She booked you there. Um, Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, yeah, thanks for bringing up the old memories and stuff. It was so much such good memory. So, sometimes, not that I block it out, but you have selective memory on some yeah. things, like that one about the, the kid like spitting in my face. It, now, I, now I remember it, but I totally. Space that out. It's crazy, yeah, man. There's no mm. way we can remember everything. It's weird how the yeah. brain works, too. Like one smell or one word or yeah. one picture could trigger it. And yeah. even like the yearbook, I looked at 1988 class. It's like so segregated in the picture, just in that full spread in the yearbook. Oh, wow. Mm. That's really? insane. Yeah, man. Like it was, it was so different, man. It was definitely Southern segregation. Yeah. But I think, I, think the, I think a lot of the people respected us, too, because we were like 
we weren't the jocks. We weren't like the regular, you know, we like the skater, breakdancer, weird kids. Yeah. So we weren't like racist. We weren't like rednecks. We weren't the jocks. We were our own kind of thing. We were just the freaks. So I feel, I feel, like, yeah. I feel like all different types yeah. of kids started realizing that that's just who they are. Yeah. Like, Toby's not going to get fucked up with us. Yeah. They don't play football. They ride skateboards. What the fuck is a skateboard? You know, like, we, we, we were like our own little thing. Like Yeah, and there weren't even enough of us to be that separated, like... I hear other people say like, "Well, they were the goths, and they were th- they were the goths, yeah, and they skin were the grits." Like, or like, we kind of skaters. all all the freaks hung together. We didn't yeah. have enough goths to have their own. Scene. Yeah, they have their own. We didn't yeah. have enough like metal skaters. It's you true. Know, like we all sat together at the lunch table. Yeah. We all went to shows together. We all hung out together because we're the all Robert freaks. Smith hair and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> was that Mike? I forgot his name. He had that was super. Mike Eli. Uh, Mike Eli had the great Robert Smith hair. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. That's what we I were like. Total Breakfast Club style too. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's Total Breakfast Club <laughs> of punk rock, and that's where uh, the DC scene it was always like that. I thought it was a, uh, it was a such a diverse good, group. Pretty good yeah, mix. It, coming was. Up. it wasn't. Dif- it wasn't sex sectioned off like the punks. No. The skins was together. Like New York was like that too when I first moved there, but then it got different. But mm-hmm. but Everyone DC definitely had that secular. Yeah, all those bands together. You remember when you graduated and you did the WAP? The WAP is a dance, ladies and gentlemen. I can't <laughs> show it to you here, but yeah, the WAP. Did yeah, you I already did. talk about that? I didn't. I did the WAP when I got my uh, diploma. Yeah, you're right. I was there because you graduated with my sister's class. That's right. Yeah, yeah I did the WAP. I was so scared of not graduating. I just wanted to graduate. <laughs> I, man. I, was, I had to do summer school, I think. I was so scared. I just didn't want to get out. And it was, uh, I was 18, though. He's going to feed you some stories. He can text you some stories. It's fine. Text him over there. Um, you have some stories? Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, so crazy, man. <laughs> and then Rusty said I went to some breakdancing event in some other yeah, city, and I did a headspin uh, or something. I mean, Baltimore. Oh. Yeah. New York Breakers came down. <laughs> New York Breakers, because the I forget the woman who was the the dance instructor. She's like, oh yeah, we're gonna go up to Baltimore. And we're gonna meet the New York Breakers. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Let's go do this. And I remember. Um, you did, um, I'll be your freak, so <laughs> come on and wind me up. Oh, shit, you remember <laughs> Skate Station? Yeah, man. That was a big part of our youth. Skate too, Station was. There really wasn't anywhere else to hang out. That was roller skating? Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> song associates. And you oh, were happy because yeah. you just wanted a place to roller skate and there's no sidewalks. <laughs> See, I finally could So skate. we had Skate Station. <laughs> Energize me. <laughs> Couple skate. So we found <laughs> things to do. It's awesome. <laughs> we kept us so out of trouble. We kept on good paths, and here we are today. Healthy oh, and happy in California. A little more grayer. A little more older. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, it put us on a good path, you know? Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Yes. And we're still friends. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of great memories, though. A lot of shit that you can't ever get again. A lot of things kids want to have now mm-hmm. with social media and cell phones. That's they would true. never have we had. You know what I mean? Like being outside a lot and not on your phone and going mm-hmm. looking at records and, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Just seeing shows, discovering yeah. new things, building shit. Smashing mm-hmm. shit, yep. you know what I mean? Calling your friend a million times a day. Yeah, I called you. A million times on a home a day? phone. On a home phone. Yeah. For real? A lot. Oh shit! It's like it's Toby again. It's, it's Toby again. Three hundred one something again. or two hundred one something. For phone it's three hundred one something. Yeah. Eight six two one one three four. Eight six two one one three four. Oh shit! <laughs> Fuck! I was addicted to the phone early. That's yeah. crazy. Sure. Shout out to my wife who got my first cell phone and ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, back then it was crazy. Just, it was just rotary phones and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the beeper. Yeah, or just the um. Or the the coin coin change dropper noise maker. Yeah, you get those at Radio Shack <laughs> and you fix them. They scam it, it so it sounds like it coins. Oh, when you put in the machine. Coins. Those were so great for tour. Those, yeah. yeah. 
you're putting in, and sometimes the operator go, um, actually, put some real money in. I hang up, get scared. <laughs> Thought they could trace oh, me no, where I was. They're going to find phone me. dialer. But, um, Good times. And shout, shout out to Suburbia. Yeah. That movie kind of shaped our lives in another state of mind. We should, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those two, those two were super important. Along with the Bones Brigade VHSs, those two are super important. Like, to actually see it and, like, holy shit, there's other people and across the country acting weird like us and <laughs> listening to music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Super Connect- awesome, connection. man. Yeah. Repo Man. Repo yeah, Man was Repo great. Man, definitely. Those are, those are about the main three, Suburbia, Repo Man, and uh, Another State of Mind mm-hmm. are key VHSs for everybody to go rent a VHS today if they can. And, uh, go to your local uh, blockbuster and... Yeah. <laughs> and su- suicidal <laughs> and institutionalized video. Oh, oh yeah. dude, seeing that shit at Headbangers Ball <laughs> or like Age of Coral, like we got to know on, on Headbangers Ball was fucking... Remember seeing Chromex at the east side in D.C.? Yeah. Shit was scary. Was it um, fucking fear, awesome? Fear on Saturday Night Live. Fear on SNL. We kind of yeah. I was kind of young for that, but I do yeah. remember that sort of. Mm-hmm. That was, was like before our time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but, but 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 suicide but suicidal on Headbangers Ball was yeah huge. <laughs> A big deal. The bar. Yeah, we talked about the barn bash. <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, Rich is well 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 in tune with what's happening here. He knows all about the. Con- he feels like he was there. Yeah, I was. Yeah, man. He's it was jealous. He thinks it's so great. No. What's the oh, other one? Did you know about Mal Dyer, the oh. county witch? Yeah. No. The, the legend w- of the I w- witch. I went to the rock where supposedly where the she froze. Yeah, the handprint. Really? Suppo- yeah. I, I just wrote a screenplay sort of based on it. The, really? You know, yeah. the, whole, the whole Blair Witch, Blair yeah. witch project. So, um, kind of came from that. It's got a vibe the, from there's that. There's a legend in St. Mary's County that Mal Dyer was um, accused of being a witch, and the townspeople mm. chased her through the woods on Kay. the coldest night of the year. She fell on her knees and froze, froze the death stuff to a rock. rock. Okay. And to this day, there's a huge the rock, rock is there. in front of the county courthouse, it and it says Maldire Rock, 1698. Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> but, and people come, and they put their hands was, in the... You know, wow. You know the, the original one is on St. Mary's College. Oh. It's oh, yeah, and they found pilgrims down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Because mm-hmm. the, wood, the woods, we were hike, hiking through the woods in Sa- at St. Mary's College, and the rock the rock is there. Oh, the original Ye- Maldire yeah. Rock. Oh. Ye- years ago, and you go up and you test your palm to see if it fits uh-huh. in but walk through those woods and listen to the pine trees make their weird noise yeah and you were you're convinced that there's some a baby crying or oh something. yeah there's yeah some, there's yep. all kinds of legends some like that. damn i didn't even know that ass, some creepy ass shit yeah the county is definitely full of a lot of um <laughs> ghost stories and and um yeah Witchy. i will <laughs> make sure you guys note. go visit st mary's county and <laughs> check out the witch the witch hands <laughs> I learned something new every day. Stone. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> but thank you, Shauna, for your time today. <laughs> thank thank you, you for being part of our life. I'm glad we met you. Me too. I'm glad we had a lot of great memories together, all of us. We got to do a lot of great shit as kids. Yeah. And uh, experience a lot of things. And we got a lot of good values from that, too, you know, in our lives now. Yep. You broaden our lives. Yeah, all of us together. Mm. Rusty, I'm glad you're alive. Thank you. Thank You'll you. always be invincible to me. Yep. <laughs> You'll always be a father figure I never <laughs> had. You'll always be our protector. <laughs> You're, you're, there's nobody stronger than Rusty, man. <laughs> Rusty got that county. St- they always say Rusty got that. Rusty got that county strength. <laughs> fucking chop a tree down, build you a fucking canoe, <laughs> you put you in anything. a river. <laughs> yeah. We, I'm gonna tell one more story about Rusty real quick before we go. In the '90s, we were on some tour with Sick of It All somewhere, and it was like in the middle of a festival. It was like pouring rain and mud, and it was like a big tractor. And, er, oh, and, and yeah. Ru- Rusty's always going to be Rusty the Hick from Maryland, even though yeah. Rusty's a well-educated, well-rounded, <laughs> well-traveling man. Craig would call me Brusty. Yeah, Brusty. Brusty, and so like Rusty, Rusty. So Rusty went Brusty. and fucking, Rusty went and fucking hot-wired the shit, 
and all no, of no. us got in the back of the tractor. No, the um, the the bus, the bus we were on, the bus key actually fit. Oh um, shit! I know that. the tractor. <laughs> and, and Craig, Craig from Sick of It All was the one that figured out. He's like, hey, the key from the bus fits that tractor. Go, go get Rusty. I bet he can drive this thing. <laughs> Because he thought, you know, that crazy course, Hicks got to know how to drive a tractor. There's only yeah. tractors in Maryland. But, but, but what he didn't, though, when I was 13, <laughs> I worked on a farm, and I learned how to drive a tractor. Oh, shit. I learned how to drive a truck and a tractor. <laughs> so I knew how to start the tractor. I knew yeah. how to shift the gears. So I started putting it in reverse, and it was like har- the hardcore tractor. <laughs> and Craig jumped Everybody on the – Craig is sitting on the fender, and I'm, like, cruising down the back this back road behind this big German metal fest. <laughs> oh, my God. And he had the biggest grin on his face, like, yeah, Brusty's driving the tractor. Can you believe this shit? That's fucking awesome. <laughs> and um, so we we got about maybe a half mile away, and they said, take that tractor back. <laughs> they thought we were trying to steal it. Uh, get, the, get this tractor back. This joyride. Yeah, joyride. We turned around. We went back to the festival, and we um, went to the fence, the, the barricade the, that would uh, hold all the the metal heads trapped in, <laughs> and we started pushing on the fence. We're like, hey, let's push the fence over on all the metal heads as another Aww. joke. But <laughs> but Rusty's always the guy, if you need something fixed, or, you know, Rusty's right he there. The it. van breaks down, something happens, equipment, anything. If the stage isn't level, Rusty fucking, <laughs> you're on tour, Rusty <laughs> fix the stage. Can do people or can do people. When I first brought my husband to the county, he got a tile job there, and he was going <laughs> to somebody's house, and it was snowy, and the GPS brought him to the end of this road, and it, and his truck went into a ditch oh and shit he called his client and she was like i'll be out there with a chain in a minute and she <laughs> came out and <laughs> hooked a chain up Damn. to his truck and pulled him out that's and I was amazing like, that's county honey yeah. that's, that's a county. yeah he was like she came and everybody's hand- pulled my truck out oh yeah wow back Back to the corn back to the corn, <laughs> and that's how it ends. That's where we had Russ used to fist fight in cornfields, and that's how it ends, man. <laughs> and then you get stuck in a cornfield, and nobody thinks about shit like that. Yeah, From children, barn, barn bashes, cornfields, children yeah. of the corn, Tractors. props to the farmers. Yes, all right, guys, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.